And the last thing, the most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Lines up deep. Murray! inside the five. Justin Fields put the biscuit in the basket. Snap to Burrow. Looking right, throwing right. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Roquan. On his horse, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. We will play at a high tempo, high effort, attacking physical style, built upon speed, quickness, and explosive athletic ability. That's why I like this podcast, because I get to say my side as a player, and then I get to be on the fan side, too. I watch stuff like leverage and how guys take on blocks and how guys get off of blocks and how guys pursue the ball. When guys cover, do they stay in good leverage? How they cover? Do they always Are they grabby guys, or do they actually use their skills and cover? Remember, we take the red pill around here. When you have an Olin Cruz, I want that guy around my organization. 24-7. Everybody in this chat, everyone that's listening to this, and everyone who's going to listen to this, agrees. It's not something we want to agree with. It's not okay. something that we merit. It's not something we love. It's something that's back. What we've done over the last couple of weeks is we've put... Uh, built profile tapes for each position. And what we did was uh, offense, defense, and kicking. We built those tapes, and then we went in with Ryan and the scouting staff, and we sat there for hours and talked about each position. So everybody's on the same page in terms of what we're looking for for each position. Um, You know, we did the same thing with free agency. We're doing the same thing with the draft. It's constantly working together to make sure we're on the same page. I'm on the page. I'm with it right now. JB, I know you're feeling a little differently. <laughs> Welcome everybody in to Bears Fans with a Brain. I am your host, Alan Bratcher, and is with me as always is JB. Warwick has family issues tonight, so we're all praying for him right now, Warwick. Your hearts are with us, buddy, but we got to get cracking with this, guys. Let's get going. So first and foremost, a little birdie told me that there's some news in Chicago right now. Let's take a look. Hi, everyone. I'm Bridget Condon from the NFL Newsroom with some breaking news that we bring you here today. Khalil Mack is on the move. The Bears and the Chargers are finalizing a deal that would send the star pass rusher here to Los Angeles. We welcome in Tom Pelissero. Tom, what can you tell us exactly about this deal? Well, Bridget, my understanding is this trade came together pretty quickly. There's familiarity between Khalil Mack and Chargers coach Brandon Staley, who was Mack's linebackers coach back in 2018 in Chicago. This deal now is agreed to. It's going to involve a second round pick in the 2022 draft and a sixth round pick in 2023 going to the Bears for Khalil Mack. Of course, that's a fraction of the price of what the Bears paid when they got Mack 
from the Raiders several years ago. He's 31 years old, coming off a season-ending foot surgery, but still a highly productive pass rusher and somebody that Brandon Staley knows really well. Now Mac joins a team where he doesn't even need to be the number one pass rusher. He'll play opposite Joey Bosa there. His contract calls for him to make $17.75 million this season, including a $5.5 million roster bonus that is due next week. In As far as any uh, potential tweaks to that contract, we'll see exactly how that comes together. But the terms are now agreed to Khalil Mack, about to be an L.A. Charger, Bridget. And this is what they have now with the Khalil Mack trade. They got a 2022 second round pick, which I believe now is the 48th pick in the draft, a 2023 sixth rounder. And the Chargers actually take the entire contract, JB, which means that all the Bears have now is a 24 and a half, I think, million dollar cap hit for this season. And then they're free and clear. So, JB, tell me what you think about this. <laughs> so, on one side, we can go back to, I want to say you and I had a discussion with some of our colleagues maybe about maybe about two months ago, maybe a little more, right? And it was one of those, do we retool or rebuild conversations? Yes. Well, now I think we have our answer that this is definitely rebuild and not retool. When you have a cornerstone player, future Hall of Famer like Khalil Mack, and you let him go, that that's telling. Because now it's like nobody's untouchable, right? Maybe, oh, I'm sorry, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney are probably the only <laughs> untouchable people right now. But, again, around here, we, don't, we like to take the red pill and we don't like to put the cart before the horse. What are you really giving Eberflus to work with if all we're going to do is get a bunch of draft picks Obviously, the cap money is is a great thing, but just because we have the cap money doesn't mean that those free agents are going to want to sign here. A lot of people don't want to sign for a rebuilding project, especially those high caliber people that want to win. And now I'm looking at some of our like upcoming moves. Yes, we can get draft capital. Yes, we can pick players for needs in the future. But are we okay with going three and fourteen? Are we okay at going five and twelve? Because you know, when you start rolling like that, trying to rebuild, sometimes that's when coaches' heads roll. Yeah. And if they're not playing competitively, is Ibraflus the guy? Is he just a guy in waiting right now? Is almost like a John waiting? Fox kind of was. Correct. Whenever Correct. they brought in uh, Ryan Pace. Correct. And then I wonder too, that makes me that makes me feel a little uneasy for this. Now, as we dig a little deeper, I love having options. Right? That's what I always say. But now it's like ugh. options not absolutes, man. Options not absolutes, but yeah. what's absolute right now is why <laughs> polls might be cleaning out. Well, What's absolute for me is that this is sending a message to the entire team. This is sending messages saying that, hey, guys, we're not messing around anymore. We're not we're not in this game for this eight and nine, nine and eight, barely making the playoffs type stuff. We're going to build this thing the correct way. Now, I'm going to break this down for you a little bit, JB, and I'm going to try to make you feel better about it. <laughs> I'm going to do my best here. So 
they're going to save $6 million this year. Yes, they get the 2022 second rounder, which is, I I believe it's the 48th pick, and you get a sixth. That's kind of like a throw-in. I get that. But they take all that money. So the rest of his contract is gone. So the only thing they have now is this 24, I believe $24.5 million hit this year. That's it. That would so, be his contract plus whatever his roster bonus or yes, signing bonus. Yeah, that's that's all the money that Ryan Pace kicked down the road, you know, last year, the year before. So this is this is all that all that bunch and buck up at you right now. That's why a lot of GMs don't like to do that. Yes, mm-hmm. it works for that year, but long term, this is what happens. And this is why I've been an advocate for stopping this and just, you know, let's just take our losses and move on with it already. But if you look at it, it saves six million this year. It saves sixteen point nine million dollars next year, and the year after that, it saves twenty point two five million dollars for twenty twenty four. This will literally give us next year, just as everything is as uh, projected right now, one hundred and twenty one million dollars next year for free agency. That's not including uh, re-signing. You know, everyone that's that has all of these expiring contracts next year. So mm-hmm. for me, that's a that's a home run. Now, are they going to continue this? Are they going to get rid of, of a Robert Quinn? And if you've been watching the show, if you've been listening, I've been telling you that this is what the plan should have been all along to get rid of these guys. You've been preaching and, that from day one. Yeah. And, and get this draft capital and get this cap space and start building this thing around a Justin Fields as most teams do when they get a guy that they consider a franchise quarterback. So I'm all in on this. Ryan Poles, thank you for this move because now you're you're showing me what direction that you're taking. You've got conviction in this move and you're showing your team and you're showing your fans that you have a plan going forward. And that's what I've been wanting. That's what we've all been wanting, JB. We Absolutely. want some direction instead of this like, well, we're kind of in purgatory thing where we're right in the middle right now. Bring it down a little bit. Yes, we might have five wins. We might have four wins, you know, but I'd rather have that and then get another top uh, 10 draft class than just the continuous of the same thing that we've seen over and over, JB. And that's the only optimism that I have with this is I like what it could mean for the future. The only issue I have right now is injury aside, we know what we get. We, we know what we have in a Khalil Mack. Yeah. We know what we have in a Robert Quinn. We don't know what that 48th pick might be or might turn into. We don't know what that 39th pick might be or might turn into. We're going to talk that's, about that tonight. <laughs> and that's the only thing that kind of bugs me because now, I mean, this is a this is literally a what have you done for me lately league, as yeah. is most sports. Maybe baseball a little different because you may get the lifetime achievement contract, you know, a Albert Pujols deal or something like what have you. But right now, Khalil Mack, would I have liked a first-round pick? Yeah. But would I have liked a healthy Khalil Mack, too? Yeah. Yeah, but is that a guarantee, JB? Because well, no, and that's you what and I were talking about that before the show, JB. Like, yes, last year he got hurt early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The year before that and the year before that, it was the same narrative. It was, well, he's, he's nicked up. He's not 100%. And I get that players are nicked up all the time. 
but you could see that it was impacting him on the field every game. He was not the same guy he was back in 2018. This is a lingering thing, and I don't think it's getting any better. I think it's getting worse, especially now that the fact that he's on the wrong side of 30. I just think that this is a smart move, and yes, we all want the first pick. Obviously, we all want better picks. Absolutely, we do, but at the same time, the fact that this completely, after this year, financial freedom is what makes it okay for me only getting that second-round pick and another six-round pick. We'll see what they do with that next well, year. That six-round pick is not till 2023, though. Yes, yes. So that still doesn't help us for now. But I kind of still feel that we need to pump our brakes a little bit because – hey, Mom. Because – <laughs> Like, we don't know how this guy drafts. Like, we we see his vision financially is clearly markedly better than whatever Ryan Pace was doing, yeah. right? Maybe he wasn't a true X's and O's guy because he wasn't a true football guy. He was a let-me-get-a-name guy, whatever. Well, it was like desperation, be. though, wasn't it, JB? Like, it, it, it always felt like he was in desperation mode, it, it, which it was. other GMs took advantage of him. Over and over. It was like, you know, a used car salesman, like, hey, I know this car is only worth five grand, but I'm giving it, I'm, hey, give me 13. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see. Give me car salesman of the month, JB. No, right. But I, I, I just need to see because some of the some of the moves that I've seen polls make right now, I'm just not confident yet. Starting with the coaching. I'm just yeah. like, eh. Then the coaches who you pick, or the, I'm sorry, the coaches that you let the coach that you pick pick. It was like, eh. <laughs> then some of the guys that you, and you, I'm sure you'll get this later on, that you ten, uh, tenure. Oh, yeah. Yep. Eh. I'm like, I haven't seen that impressive move. Now, this clearly to date is his biggest move. Yeah. He will be oh, judged yeah. off this move by what he drafts and who he gets in free agency this year. Yeah. He really won't be judged next year. He won't. As because he shouldn't, though. I mean, he shouldn't. So now you get to play GM. You know what I mean? Anybody can win a Monopoly when you got Boardwalk and Park Place and you got all the hotels on the board. Anybody can win when you got that. Let's see if you can go through the grind. That's what he's got to go through now. He's got to go through the grind. And right now, I'm still on the fence. I, I just. Well, it's okay to be on the fence, though, because. You know, just like we were just talking about a little bit, JB, you know, we don't know exactly what Matt Eberflus is going to be. And we don't even know. I mean, we never know. Maybe he spoke with Mac and Mac wasn't buying into this and he wanted gone. Maybe that's why they got rid of him. That's not, not really out there yet. Why? And, you know, why they actually made this move. So remember, we said that last week, though, about yeah. a coach coming in. Rah, 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 rah. Hey, look here, man. Nope, this ain't for me. He's got a philosophy he's out there trying to preach right now, his his philosophy, and it kind of does scream to the younger side of this team, you know, running to the ball at the end of the play, even in practices. Some guys don't buy into that. That's something we even spoke to some players this past week about that, too, that say the same thing. You know, some guys just don't buy into that. I actually told a story I heard on another podcast about Ruben Brown, uh, whenever Olin Cruz was there with him, he said that Ruben Brown actually had the same problem with what Lovey did. Lovey's mm -hmm. first year in, he was preaching, always get to the ball. It only lasted one year, but 
what he did was he's like, I'm not running the ball, coach. So instead what he did was whenever the ball went down, he would run in place because he's not leaving the team. He needs the job, obviously, but he's not about that lifestyle. And Mac probably isn't either at, what, 31 years old and ha- having all the nooks or all the nicks that he has on him right now. I don't blame him for that. So that's something that probably in the next few weeks we're going to hear a, a little more about, JB. I think it's going to come out, and I think we're going to – well, we'll get the – He's a good guy, and we amicably decided to part way. Like we'll, I'm talking we'll behind closed doors, yeah. figure out exactly yeah. what we'll, happened. We'll, we'll get the rhetoric, but then we'll get the real story because we always yeah. get the real story. But you know, I guess, I guess my, I guess my thing right now moving forward is when you go into training camp and you say, "Well, we're doing the new coach's way," you're gonna have those guys that's gonna go balls to the walls because they want to make the team. Right. Then you're going to have those guys that are still like, man, I ain't doing that. Like, I'm a 10 year veteran. That sounds good. When I get my interview, I'm going to praise the coach or whatever because he kept yeah. me. But I ain't doing that. So we know that's going to happen. And we don't know how long it's going to last. Just so like Tim was, Jennings told us the other day. That's right. That's what Tim Jennings did. Absolutely. But you know what's going to happen is when we look at our free agent list, and some people might be like, dang, if they had a kept Khalil Mack, I'd have came. Because yeah. we might have been, we might have made something happen. So those same guys that they may have been targeting now are like, oh, if you got rid of Khalil Mack, what would you do with me? Oh, hell no. So it's like, it's a, it's a pick your poison type of deal right now. Yeah. But he doesn't have enough cachet yet for him to just drag, I mean, to just grab a top notch free agent because it's, oh man, Poles know what he's doing. We might not get a top free agent. I've seen rumors of, of, of some players that I'm like, why is he even on our short list? Why, why is he on our <laughs> list at all? Like, yeah. No. And that's something we're about to get into. So hold that thought one second. I do have to answer this. Brooke Violet, um, you must not know me very well because I've been I've been saying get rid of Mac and Quinn for about four months now. So you must be talking to JB here. I don't know. I, I don't know if you're talking to me or him, but there's reasons for this. And yeah, would I love a 2018 Khalil Mack? Absolutely I would, but that's not the guy we have anymore. So we've just got to push forward and try to rebuild this roster around what we should be the offense guys. It's about the offense. It's an offensive league. And again, I'm going to keep reminding you fun fact. We're the only team that doesn't have a 4,000 yard passer. So it is time to figure this out offensively. I'm not saying, I'm not saying do it like, Ryan Pace has done it in the past where he's got over half of the salary just on one side of the ball, Mm -hmm. but you've got to even it out. I mean, for me, I would rather put a little more of all of my eggs in the offensive basket than I would in the defensive one. Well, that's the one that's the way the league is is trending to. But as we see, defense is still very, very important. Ah. But what's more telling before we move to the second talking to us, (laughs) she was talking to one of the chat members, (laughs) but, but before we move on, this is also very telling if you really dig a little deeper. Basically, Ryan Poles is basically saying we don't have enough talent to compete right now. I don't think we do either, JB. I don't. That's the big thing. So maybe not not us, but maybe some of our fandom, maybe we are being led around by the nose by thinking that we're better or we're more competitive than we really are. Well, it's okay. So look at it like this, JB. So an outsider an outsider of Chicago fandom came in here and the 
first big move he makes is getting rid of Khalil Mack. Is that something that some of the rest of the league is probably thinking too? Like, why are they just prolonging the inevitable instead of trying to get what you can now? Because that's the way that I've been saying this for months, and that's the way that I view it. And I, I hate it that Bears fans aren't happy about this. Some are, some aren't. But look at what we get down the road, you know. Yes, Chris Edgerton, we are still going to need defense down the road. I get that. But what's going to happen if we don't have defense? Like, are is the stadium going to blow up or something? Like, I don't understand this narrative about how you have to be competitive right now. Like, no, you don't. Look at what the Seahawks are doing right now. They are unloading everything. Yeah, and they're tearing it down to the studs. <laughs> that's what smart franchises do. They know whenever they're they're at their end and they they sell before it's too late because if we waited another year or so we would have got less we would have still been in cap hell and why do that whenever you've got a young early contract Justin Fields like it's a gamble either way i know that but i would rather gamble just like i say JB i'd rather have options than absolutes i would rather have options to look through the draft through free agency and have all that money for 2023 to re-sign Roquan Smith, to put offensive linemen in place, to get playmakers around Justin Fields, maybe a DK Metcalf. There's tons of names we could look at. Devontae Adams might be a free agent next year. You could look at him. There's there's tons of possibilities that you get by doing this. So instead of being upset, be excited about what we can be down the road, guys. That's all I've got on this one. I, I think I think I think you might have been in the boardroom when I keep telling you, <laughs> I keep telling you, but we'll move on about the other move they made the other day. Actually, they have three players that they put exclusive rights deals on. These players are Jesper Horstead, Lachavius Simmons and Sam Mustafer. Yuck. <laughs> so, JV, what do you think about all three of these moves? Like, do you think? OK, so. First, actually, before I ask you that, I'm going to explain what that means. So basically what an exclusive rights deal is, is anyone under three years that has an expired contract mm -hmm. can be re-signed for this minimum deal. So no one else can go grab them. So they have the rights for them right now and they can go get them at minimum deals. Right. So is that a smart move with all these three? considering we need all this depth space. Let's start with them. Okay. Let's start with the first one, Lachavius Simmons. He's just, he's just an offensive lineman, guys. We don't know exactly what his strengths and weaknesses are yet, but at least they can get a good look at him, right? Mm, I'll say this. He's just a guy. Yeah. yeah. He's just a guy. Yeah, but on a roster that you're going to need a lot of depth, JB. And like we said, yeah, they have a little more money, but they still don't have a lot of money. I mean, so, what, that's going to put them around $30 million now. So am I, mad, am I mad about Latavius Simmons? No. He did start, I want to say, one game last year at right tackle, I want to say. But if you, if you say, well, I just need him because I'm, I need a second or third string guy, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. 
we're gonna get to this one whenever you're done. I'm just yeah. letting the essay out right now. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm, look, I'm reading <laughs> that's that an essay one. Yeah, you we'll talk to, about that after this. <laughs> we're gonna have to have her call in because that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's an essay right there. So Latavia Simmons, I'm gonna say I'm bored on it. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not happy. I'm not sad. It's just I'm not I'm not expecting that to be a long term answer there. I I I think it's just them wanting to get their eyes on these guys before they move out. You know what I mean? So the next one we're looking at, and this is the one that I'm really, really excited about was the Jesper Horstead one, because Jesper Horstead to me, you know, he's, he's like what Thomas Graham Jr. is on the other side of the ball for me. He's, he's a guy that he had a game where he had a tremendous upside one game. Is that one game just, you know, a fluke or is there something there? And that's something we don't really know because he didn't really get any chances after that to really come out and show what he was about. Maybe he wasn't practicing good enough for Nagy. Maybe who knows with Nagy, right? But what do you think about Jesper Horstead? So this one I'm, I'm, I'm on board with because clearly Justin likes throwing to him. That's the one that I feel is more important because you want your franchise quarterback to be comfortable with who he's throwing the ball to. Horstead, is he is he a game changer? We don't know yet. But we know when he's on the field, him and Justin have had some good, some good hookups, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we know Nagy is a terrible evaluator of talent or was with us. Ryan Pace. Up and down. Whatever, up up and, and down. down. Yeah. But with this move with polls, I think he looked at it like, hey, it might be something to this guy. Justin is like. Seven for nine, throwing them the ball with three touchdowns. I'm, I'm including the preseason, too. Yeah. I, I think that was a smart move. Now we get to the one that I'll be honest, guys. <laughs> Sam Mustafer. This one kind of freaked me out at first. I actually went on Twitter and on uh, Facebook with our uh, affairs groups. And I was like, really, Sam Mustafer? And a lot of the fans were like, just calm down. Just relax on it. It's a depth move. Now, maybe they keep him. Maybe they put him as a backup role. But to me, it's just not really good enough for me. Like, I think that there might be better guys out there in free agency that you might be able to sneak in. You know, I want good depth. Just because you're available doesn't mean that you should be here. Like, did anyone really want Charles Leno here? Like, yeah, he was available. But was he really doing that good of a job for us? That's why the more that I think about the same us for move, the more I'm like, okay, I understand it. We're not going to be that relevant next year. You need a depth spot. If you get him cheap, you can bring him in, have him back up whoever you get at center, whether that's free agency or that's in the draft. What do you think, JB? Bull. <laughs> Bull. Yeah! Bull, huh? That's it. And this is where I say, Polls, what you doing, man? Yeah. What do, what do we say? I, I've seen enough of Sam Mustafer and know that I don't want him <laughs> on my team. I don't either. But. You know, he has no push. I don't want him pushing my hot dog cart. I don't want him doing anything <laughs> physical around my team. I actually heard that um, there's some players that have come out before and said that he was actually one of the smartest centers that they'd ever been around. Smartest centers. Just because you're smart doesn't mean that, yeah, yippee, right? Yeah, just because you're smart, you don't get a participation award. Yes. It, it helps you get yourself in the right positions, 
But whenever you're going up against that nose tackle on the other side, <laughs> brains are not going to help you all the time, man. You're going to get knocked around. Especially There's plenty of smart ball. people that have been put in bad situations, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, my hot dog cart. No. I don't. Push and mush. No. Push and mush. And... No. <laughs> if you, if you, okay. This is going to sound contradictory because we always praise Olin Krutz around here on this show. Olin Krutz working with this guy. Hell, Michael Jordan can work with me. That don't mean I'm going to be Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like Olin Cruz can work with Sam Mustafer, that doesn't make him Olin Cruz. Right. That and doesn't, like, that doesn't give him that it. big Samoan strength that Olin Ooh. Cruz has. And it's like, I can know, look, I can know where to be. Doesn't yeah. mean I can do anything about it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Not you at know, all. So, so that's why I said, right now, Poles is showing his naivete. I'm, I'm glad a horse dead. I don't care about Latavius Simmons because guess what? You need depth. Who cares? Yeah. He's a guy. Matter of fact, he's a six-round pick. So what am I talking about? He's definitely not a – he's not even a guy. He's just a guy, for real, for real. Just like the six-round pick we just got for Max. Yeah, you want so, to piss like, me off more? If he makes the team, you know, <laughs> like, see, we don't tend to forget. It's 22 starters. Yeah. There's 31 other guys that got to make the team, so. Absolutely. Just give me 31 other guys other than Sam Mustafa. We'll see what they do for him. But, I mean, I'm thinking this is just more of them getting their eyes on people, making sure that I'm what they have in now. Sam Mustafer will be sent to the XFL. You heard it here first. <laughs> if, you know what? If the NFL finally gets a G League, he is perfect for the G League. He's that guy that sits in the G League, and he's, like, he's just great at the G League. But then when you get him in the next level, you're like, this guy? <laughs> Really? This guy? Like, this isn't the one for me, but we'll move on on this. So I have I have a whole show planned about we're going to break down a whole lot of stuff, guys. We're breaking down corners and safeties on the roster and free agents and and draft guys off the roster as well. But before we get to that, I have to look at this question from Brooke Violet here. She's she's kind of upset about the Mac trade. I'm I'm guessing she says. I hear what you guys are saying, but you guys are not looking at everything. Chicago is based off of our defense. We are the monsters of the midway for a reason. Our D has always kept us, has always kept Chicago in the game, never our offense. Fields has not shown enough that our offense will service him as a QB. Mac Jones came out hitting, so did the other rookie QBs right now. Fields is a bust besides his rushing. So, yeah, let's tear down the best D down for him. And then she told me to get the heck out. Sorry, but Look. I disagree. So JB, let me, let me, let me hit this one. Go ahead. So what has that gotten us in what, what I'll, I'll go 35 years. It's gotten us what one Super Bowl? What? How many more playoff wins? Maybe seven, eight, right? Seven. So exactly eight and thirteen. Is yes. that what we are? So exactly what have we gotten by just being rah rah monsters of the midway defense, Chicago weather all the time? No, that's not what we need. It is twenty twenty two. 
the league is based on offense. That's what the good teams do that win Super Bowls and are always in contention. They have a good quarterback. They have offense. And you can't sit there and and tell me, Brooke, that just because Mac Jones came out with a better line, a better offensive scheme around him and, and played better than a Justin Fields who was in the wrong system with a bad offensive line or av- a little below average, I would say, offensive line, but way below average against the pass. You can't call him a bust the first year. That's that's just impossible to say right now. Mac Jones had a great offensive line. He had weapons, and he had Bill Belichick. You put Justin Fields in that, he's going to have a better year. That's like that's like saying that saying that you could drop me in against a bunch of NBA guys and I struggle, but if you put me up against just a bunch of 7th graders, I'm going to dominate. Like they're just two completely different spectrums. You just can't do that. Like you have got to look at the big picture of moving forward with an offense building around a quarterback that they believe to be the franchise guy. Now, do we know that he is yet? No, we don't. It's just hope at this point for Bears fans, and that's what it's going to be for a while until we see that. But I cannot get behind that comment just because of the fact that I have seen in my 38-year lifespan one Super Bowl where I was not even old enough to know. I watched another one where I got my heart broken out, and I've watched countless offenses that have good caliber quarterbacks come in and beat our vaunted defenses. So you can't tell me that in an offensive league that we should load up on defense anymore. It's, it's just, it's just past that time. Now, do I want a good defense? Absolutely. I do do what would I want to really give up the offensive potential? No, absolutely not. JB. So pinkies up. Brooke Violet, who just won the Super Bowl? Rams. What do Rams have? Offense. Who won last year? That was Tampa Bay. What did they have? A good offense with a good, uh, a really good pass rush. But both of them have both. Yeah, but would Tampa have been as good in that Super Bowl if the offensive line for the Chiefs was there? Absolutely absolutely not. not. Who won before that? The Kansas City Chiefs, based on offense. You. It's a trend that's continuing in that direction. So stop using the old bear down narrative and start looking at offensive talent around the league and stop just predicating everything we do on defense. Hopefully in a few years, we're going to be out of Soldier Field, going to be gone. We're going to be in a new, hopefully dome stadium where we can build around Justin Fields and an offense because I'm tired of watching offenses that score average 16 points a game which is what we average i believe since last since 2018 uh week six i believe if i'm right i think they had like a 16.5 average or something like that might be a little higher or lower let's get with the times so i want to i want to address her (laughs) i want to address her question Uh, i'm sorry her statement in two parts right yeah the first part is i can't call justin fields a bust and then look at Mac Jones, who was drafted after him. But look at the quarterbacks that were drafted before him, because Zach Wilson wasn't setting the world on fire. No, I liked him coming out of college, though. I, I, I do. I, I still think there's hope for him there. It's just, just like I said, you got to build around him. Just like the Bears have to do. When you looked at Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson actually looked bad, and Zach Wilson has a defensive-minded coach. He actually, if you look tit for tat, 
He's got a couple of actual more weapons. But it's Zach Wilson, the number two pick. Let's go to San Francisco. Trey Lance. We don't know what he is yet. We don't, we don't know what he is, but he didn't set the world on fire because even today they're still trying to hold on to Jimmy G. Pittsburgh is picking at the chopping at the bit Knocking to get him. at the door right now. But, you know, so I'm not going to call him a bust and say that these other rookie quarterbacks just set the world on fire because they didn't. One quarterback who's got the greatest coach of all time, who is a factory year in and year out, that was a big difference. Now, for my second part about the Monsters of the Midway, okay, yes, we love defense. Yes, we love Bear Down. Yes, we love Chicago, everything about it. But that doesn't mean we can't have a vaunted defense and a vaunted offense. If you go back to the greatest show on turf, weren't they ranked number one in offense or number three in defense? You can have both. Look at, some, look at some of those old Buffalo Bills teams. Even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, they went. They had a top five offense and a top seven defense. Yeah. Every year. <laughs> Every year, right? So what I'm saying is, before we just hang our hat on our defense, what happened was this. Our defense was killing. Then came 20 minutes, 26 minutes, <laughs> 32 minutes. Damn, we still on the field. Yeah, because while we're killing them and getting tired because three and out, three and out, four and out, punt, three and out, three and out, four and out, five and out, punt. <laughs> 16 points? 18 on a good day? Bingo! That's not helping our defense. So we'd be doing the exact same thing. We'd be on a hamster wheel. Yeah. We'd be doing the exact same thing getting this great defense, but the offense is still putting the defense in bad positions. Now, the only thing, where, Brooke, where I can kind of agree with you on is because I, I, too, love defense. I love our 85 Bears, right? I love our 2006 Bears. Hell, I love our Bears with Ward that had Ted Washington and all the yes. boys up front. One of my like, favorite teams. Dick Jerome was a, was, was, a, was a genius at that time. Rod Manelli and them boys coming back uh, a couple of years later. Our defense has been our calling card, true enough. But when our defense is playing more than our offense, we're not going to be able to sustain. Yeah. We're not. And time and time again, our we're looking for our defense to bail our offense out. That's not how this needs to go. This isn't, I'm sorry, the 2,000 Ravens, 85 Bears, 73 Raiders, and none of them, none of them are coming through. None of them are coming through right now. Yeah. None of them. Those days are, I'm not they're saying long they're long gone. gone, but they're fleeting. I think they're long gone. I do. I do. And it's, it's JB, it's something that we on this show speak, especially you and I, me in particular, I'm, I'm just tired of that narrative. And I'm tired of that, that whole feeling that we have to have a, you know, an insanely overpaid defense all the time. And, we have to have all these guys. Yes, you have to have good, comparable pass rushers. You have to have guys who can really defend. You need that in this league. Absolutely. I'm not saying just load up offense, but what I'm saying is balance it out more. And what I would, would I rather have one of the top five wide receivers in the league than one of the one of the top five um, like pass rushers? Absolutely, I would right now. Yes, I love 
pass rushers. I love to get them in bulk, and that's great, but it doesn't matter whenever you can't have your offense stay in the field and the, <laughs> you've got a defense that, just like you said, JB, just gets tired out over and over, and you're just sitting here and you're wondering offense. Bueller. 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 I'm over it. I'm just over it. But we're going to move on on this train. We're going to keep it rolling, and we're going to get to the defensive backs that we got going on. So first thing we're going to do, we're going to try to break down a little film along with speaking on each of our safeties, each of our corners. I don't have film for everybody, and I'm hoping that the computer will let me actually do this without lagging me out. We're going to give it a shot, but first we're going to look at our complete DBs that we have at this moment. So we've got on contract right now, we've got Jalen Johnson. We've got Mr. Kendall Vildor. We've got Duke Shelley. We got Bo Pete, Bo Pete Keys, Lamar Jackson, Michael Joseph, and everybody's new favorite guy, Mr. Thomas Graham Jr., JB. Mm -hmm. So first guy that we're going to speak on is a Jalen Johnson. Yes. So I, I kind of want to know what you think he needs to kind of work on and what, what you think he can be this, this next upcoming season and further out through that. So I, I think, I think definitely he's a one, he, he's a, he's a, he's a CB one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that I do not like, and I hope Eberflus and Mr. As, as Williams, I, I think that's his name, right? The new DC. Oh yes, yeah. I hope they don't pull out what Sean Desai did. Is limit him to one side situationally. I like when he follows the number one guy because that also lets us know he's not a right cornerback. He's not a left cornerback. He's not a slot. He's just a DB. Yeah, we go all over. I don't want to limit this kid, right? Because now when you limit him. And you just have him focusing on like one thing. To me, he's not Deion Sanders. He's not going to shut that one side of the field down in the zone. He's kind of better off in that man of which, if you all know, if you get a real good pass rush, it makes it hard. You know, that quarterback got to get that ball out. <laughs> you get more three and outs. Yes, we love the turnovers. Yes, we love the picks. But the three and outs are very important, too. Down and distance is very important. Jalen Johnson has shown that he's a cover guy. He does get caught, in my opinion, sometimes he lets the uh, certain receivers get up on him too quick. Yeah. That has I got been, a good example of that tonight yeah. for you. But other than that, I'll go back to the second Green Bay game. He, that first half, he was shutting Devontae Adams yeah. down. He was on a mission. So I saw something in that kid that was like, oh, no. And then he played real good against um, – the Vikings, he, he was shutting Justin Jefferson down. Yeah. And then remember they had that one little rub play or whatever. So I think I think Jalen is a Jalen Johnson is a foundational piece for us. I think he just needs a little more seasoning. I agree. He's definitely on the right track. I agree completely. So the first thing for me with a Jalen Johnson is I think he needs to take the reins away from Eddie Jackson as the leader of the secondary. I it's it's a new regime, a Matt Eberflus off or a Matt Eberflus defense, sorry, that 
he needs guys to buy in, right? He needs mm-hmm. guys to buy into his hit system. He needs he needs the entire defense as a whole really to understand what he's trying to preach. And you need a guy like Jalen Johnson to do that, right? Making sure guys that are all around the secondary, everyone's communicating, holding guys accountable. Even Eddie Jackson, whenever Eddie Jackson last year, I remember, I can't remember which game it was, but grabbed a guy. I think it was Alec Ogletree, if I remember right, snatched him up yelling at him about something, you know, trying to get on him. I need that for Eddie as well. I need a guy who can hold him accountable because Eddie Jackson, whether he gets traded or stays or not right now, if he's a part of this defense going forward, JB, I need him to buy into that just as much. And Jalen Johnson really can shine and and help help Eddie Jackson buy in, help everybody on that secondary buy in. And he's got to be the guy that can lead that. I also kind of want to see him take some more chances, you know, I understand that it's not really his strong suit really to be biting on routes and doing these things all the time. He doesn't do that that much. Be a little more opportunistic. Get a little more physical up on the guys, too. I'm hoping with this new defense, they press up a little more and let him be physical. But that's just, see, that's the thing. And and we'll, we'll save this for another show, but you know I found some kind of like telling information and stat-wise when I was looking at why that Eberflus defense was ranked top 10 and why and opportunistic comes to mind more so than actual skill. Well, that's something that Eddie Jackson, and I'm going to have a little breakdown later in the show about Eddie Jackson to understand that. Yeah. Where Jalen Johnson wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of break this down exactly what I'm I'm speaking of right now. Let's hope it lets me do this. <laughs> Let's see if I can get this pulled up here. So basically what I'm saying here is this. Hang on a minute. Let me back this up here real quick. Okay, so right here, this is the game we had against the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. You've got everyone on this line right now. They're all in uh, looks like a press man. I'm it not is. 100% sure, but it looks press like man, press single man high. to me. Yeah. yeah, single high. And what happens here, if you know what's going on, there's a running back at the bottom of your screen one-on-one. The, the guy right next to him in that slot is Jalen Johnson. And what happens on this play is once they get to this point, they probably are yelling switch. Because he knows that that running back, which I believe that's uh, Mixon, is actually coming inside. Mm-hmm. But look at how Jalen Johnson is sitting right here. He can't see the quarterback. He doesn't know what's going on behind him, right? All he knows is that he's getting that guy. If he's playing back and, you know, fronting him up better and looking at the QB and also at the same time trying to be physical on that play, this doesn't happen. Let's see if it plays. I don't know if it's playing or not. It's lagging out a little bit on me. Uh-oh, there it went. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. So you just I, – I don't know exactly how that went right there, but basically what happens is he's got his back to the ball. The ball hits him in the back. If he's backed up on that play – He can propel forward. That's a pick six six. the other way, being opportunistic, knowing what's going on, having guys in front of you and not turning your back. Things like that are important here. Okay, now here's another play that that it's a good Jalen Johnson. You've got Jalen Johnson up high right there. This is also looking like to me it's a nickel. 
I believe they are in man with one safety high and you've got Eddie Jackson, I believe playing low on that. Mm -hmm. So once we start this play and I don't, Oh, here we go. It's going right here. He sees what the quarterback is doing. He understands where he's throwing the ball and then he can make a break. Boom on the ball. He catches the ball. That's what I'm talking about with a Jalen Johnson is being a little more opportunistic and knowing what's going on all the time and make these kind of jump plays. Try to be this guy more often than not. You know, I I know his interception numbers haven't ever been high, but I want to see more of that from a Jalen Johnson going forward, JB. So even at Utah, he wasn't a high interception guy. He was a high, uh, I'm sorry, he was a usage guy that got low quarterback ratings. Yeah. Because he, his defense was so, you know, and he had a couple of pass defenses too. But do we want interceptions? Yes, we do. But right now we want somebody that's not going to have, have brain farts and give up those big touchdowns. We need somebody that knows to step off those rub routes, like you said, yeah. so that they're not – you know, th- those are those are plays literally that on the offensive side, they're like, ooh. Yeah. And on the defensive side, we like, they're not going to make that mistake again, guys. We got to get that. You know? So that's why I said he needs to be a little bit more seasoned. But, okay, so so let's address that. Tony, I see what you're saying. And, Brooke, I, go, can you go back to what Brooke yeah, said? Yeah, so, so Violet, for, for everyone audio listening, Jalen will never be Kyle Fuller, just my opinion. He missed too many coverages last year. How many points were scored in with uh, with uh, missed coverage? He has a lot of work to do, same as Jackson, just saying. You're not wrong there. And then our buddy Tony Perkins says, Brooke Violet, I agree. I do not believe he's a number one corner. He's a good number two at this time. So that's why we said with a little more seasoning, he, but he shows flashes as a number one. I won't disagree that he does need a little bit of work. But on the Bears right now, he's the number one. Yes. What it is. Now, if your metric is Kyle Fuller, I can show you plenty of Kyle Fuller getting toasted. I mean, and outside of one solid good year, how many big interception years did a Kyle Fuller have? Because I remember him not getting any his last year here. And he didn't play that well this year either for the Broncos. If you say name your top five Bears defensive backs, Kyle Fuller does not come to mention. No, no. So let's not make let's not make our bar Kyle Fuller. He's like Kyle Fuller productive seven or eight. (laughs) Did we we hate to see him go? Absolutely. Let's not make him our bar. Yeah, no, absolutely not. There's better guys in the league that you can look at. But that's that's all I'm really saying with Jalen Johnson. You know, just be be a little more physical, be a little more opportunistic, keep your eyes on the quarterback as well as your DB or as well as your wide receiver, and you can make some things happen in 2022, man. Yeah. I I'm looking for 33 to have a big year this year because I want him to take that next step. I want him to become the leader of the secondary. So I want everybody else to look here. I'm going to take a guy by the name of J.C. Jackson and throw him off to the side, right? We're going to get look, to those later. If you look – well, I'm, I'm only saying that because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, like to, I like to have standards and comparisons. Absolutely. If you look at somebody like him – yes, he did, Oliver. He yeah, dropped a Oliver lot Chapman of balls. That, he, that was a problem. Kyle Fuller dropped a lot of balls. Yeah, <laughs> right, that was, was a problem. Huge. But 
here's here's one thing to look at moving forward, guys. If you look at the Dallas Cowboys, the the NFL league leader in interceptions was Diggs, Trayvon yeah. Diggs. You know who also gave up the most yards and most touchdowns? Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. You know who else was targeted the most? Trayvon Diggs. You know what they really don't do? They don't pick on Jalen Johnson. Even the, the 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 vaunted Aaron Rodgers doesn't really pick on Jalen Johnson because he's like, yeah, this kid, he going to turn around and grab this. Yeah. Well, that's what well, I need him to do a little more of. Before yeah. we look at the flashy numbers, that's why I said we have to dig deeper. Yes. It's not just when you flip the football card and you see two picks, no picks, one pick. It ain't just that. Look at the eye test. Look at the game. Look at what the quarterback does when he has that guy on his field. Look what he does when he's offset. Look what he does when he's in the slot. When he does not chase Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, yep. Yeah. And Gilmore. he was going after Gilmore. Kendall Gilmore like crazy. Let's get it. Shelly, let's get it. Luke Shelly. First half, Devontae Adams like, no flag, no, nope. He playing. He locking you up. He's locking him up. But he's got to do that for flashy numbers and stuff, guys. Four quarters, four quarters do that for me. You know, make those good hits. You know, have your eyes on your guy. Have your eyes on the quarterback as much as you can. That's that's what I'm looking for at, on that and being a vocal leader and coming out and taking over this secondary. That's what I need from Jalen Johnson because. I, we're going to get to this. There's going to be some new rookie corners and possibly a new rookie safety on this team next year. And he's got to be the guy to pull them in and be like, this is how we play. Remember last year, whenever he had a press conference where he came out saying these kind of things, where if there's certain guys that aren't really doing the right thing and certain guys that want, want, to hear, accountable. want to get better. I need more of that from you. 33. I need more of that from you in, in 2022, please. Remember, He's only going into his third year. Yeah, he's got think, a long way to go. I think he's okay. I fully expect him to take that number one role step next year. Yeah, maybe not right now. A lot of people might not view him as that, but I do. I sure as heck do, but I need consistency from that position. So we'll move on now, and we're going to get to Mr. Kendall Vildor. We just kind of spoke about JB. What do you what do you think of him this last season, and what what do you think he can do to improve his game and really get to that number two role, or do you think he can get to that number two role? Gunner. Okay, so that's a big no for you, huh? Gunner. <laughs> that's simple and easy for you. So okay, that's fine. So I'm looking at Vildor. He kind of had up and down a little bit for me. You know, I saw some good in him. I saw some bad, some real bad in him. But I view him more as a nickel guy still. I think that he's probably more suited for the nickel. I think, yeah, he could maybe be the backup number two, but that's not a guy that I want full time. But let's not forget. Let's not forget this. This kid runs a 4 4 4 40. Like he had a good 40 time. And we're going to talk about all these draft picks coming up that have good 40 times. This kid had a 39-inch vertical, right, coming out of college. This kid had 22 reps at the combine. This kid's fast, he's strong, and he can jump out of the gym, JB. So the word I'm going to use for Kendall Vildor is scrappy. I need Kendall Vildor to be scrappy. 
I need him to be physical at the line. I need him to get guys off of their routes. I need him to play with that confidence that I saw him in last offseason about how he wanted that job and he wanted to bring it. He's confident. I love that in a player. Now, I need more of that on the field. I need that swagger. I need those big plays on the field. And what I also need from him is to show his athleticism on the field as well. Because I feel like there's times where this kid just kind of gets lost in translation. Another word, consistency. Same thing with this guy. So I'm going to try to show you what I'm speaking about with this. Let's hope this one works. Let's <laughs> see. It's probably going to jump. Okay, here we go. So this is the game against the Raiders. So you've got Vildor up top against Darren Waller, of all people. 6'6", six, six, Darren Waller versus Spike a, one versus a 5'9", <clears throat> Vildor. But you would he would say strike one, right? But watch what happens on this play. I, I hope this plays out. Here we go. So, boom. He's immediately pressing on him, right? He's he's making it uncomfortable for him. He's making the route more difficult for him. And he stays with it the whole time. Darren Waller has to try to make a play over stretches on that. Vildor, he comes up victorious on that one. And we can get a little closer view of it here. He comes up, boom, hits him, immediately holds him. Maybe might have been a PI there. Maybe not. Who knows? But I like the fact that this kid at 5'9 is trying to guard a 6'6 tight end. And he's he's not afraid. He's staying with him. Here's another one versus the, the Bengals that I had. He's he's up top. He's guarding T. Higgins. Now, anyone who knows who T. Higgins is had a pretty good season this year, especially in the playoffs as well. So what happens here, again, is that he sees what's going on. He makes it uncomfortable for him. He grabs him. He's holding on to him a little bit. He's making the play uncomfortable, JB. And this is what I need from Kendall Vildor going forward. I need him to play more physical because, yeah, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not. But use that swagger and that and that and and that feistiness and that scrappy play, and then try to use that to your advantage, along with your four-four speed that you can recover quickly, along with that thirty-nine-inch vertical. Use that strength that you have and use your athletic ability to make up for it on the other end. And with a cover two, you're probably going to have that high safety to help you, JB. So use it to your advantage. So here's where I play devil's advocate. Okay. The reason I say a strike one on that one is because Darren Waller, obviously with Kendall Vildor, what Derek Carr should have done is had – him come in a little bit more because they're on the short side of the field. Yeah. He should have came in more and it should have been a straight jump ball. One, two, get the ball up. Right. Secondly, if you're on that short side and you stay to the outside, you do more of a wall off post up to the outside. Yeah. More of a okay. back shoulder throw, not a fade. Okay. So that defense, although it goes down as a good defensive play, it was more a bad read by the quarterback and bad pass. Bad pass, yeah. But if you don't have that physical, you know, up front kind of mentality on that play, that's an easy six for him, though. Not necessarily because now if you think – For Darren Waller? For the you, big, but, but giant, listen, what, seven-foot wingspan this kid got? Like I said, if I'm throwing the alley-oop, that's one thing. I'm trying to throw a back shoulder fade on the short side of the field to the sideline. That's a tough throw. It, well, it's a stupid throw. Yeah. Because I can just <laughs> drag, and when I post I'm and to be turn, nice. <laughs> look, he's got to grab me 
Yeah. And I'm opening up to the ref, I get a PI. Yeah. Use my six foot six, seven foot wingspan yeah. to show. Now Almost for the like other Jimmy play, Graham did last year when he just boxed people all there you go. the year before mainly, where he boxed people out and just grab it. That's so what does, Vild- does that go down as a Vildor win? Yeah. But when you dig deeper, no. The other play, again, short side of the field, that T. Higgins route, he did an inside curl clump, a curl slash comeback. Yep. He should have done a check mark route, which is an outside comeback to the sideline, then Vildor can't break. Because okay. it's either I catch it or it's out of bounds. Yeah. So again, they did good work because that's where the pass was. But like I said, I look a little bit deeper, like, man, yeah, but great work on the T. Higgins one. Still a yeah. bad route, bad throw. You can't do nothing about the Darren Waller one because that's just a, basically Derek Carr was like, man, I'm throwing this up there. <laughs> there you you go. Get it. kicking the field goal. He's like, Kobe, he's like, throwing he's it up, on. trying to get it. But, <laughs> what I don't want, so you said you would like him at the nickel. I love the physicality. Yes, I would love the fact that he can jump out the gym, right? He Hell, he might win a dunk contest because what we had last two weeks ago was terrible. 39-inch vertical. But <laughs> what I don't want, the slot position right now is becoming so amazingly hard to guard. It's got to be one of your – I mean, honestly, a lot of teams, J.B., that might be more important than the number two. It is. So that's to my point what Dark Peck, uh, Specter said. With uh, <laughs> he's yeah, probably behind he, right now. He's right, probably right. behind. He does. He's well, not up with it yet. <laughs> the the Cooper Cup thing, and I'm not saying anybody can just guard Cooper Cup, but I'm using him because he brought it up. I don't want them picking on him in the slot. I don't want them moving Justin Jefferson to the slot, mostly him out and feeling on the same side bracketing both of them, combination routes, and making him have to choose. If we were playing that old dime look where I knew it was five wide and he shifted out to guard the running back, maybe. Maybe. But right now, to start as our nickel, because, you know, there will be some games where they have to come out in nickel because – there's teams that will just spread you There's out. It's going to be more often than not, JB, and you and I talk about There's this all the Dallas time. Is, Dallas is one of them. That's basically what your your set defense is going to be, what, 80% of the time, 75% of the time every game? It's going to be a nickel defense. Yes. So it's the most important position outside of that number one, in my opinion, in the secondary. And that's why You've I got to have I, a guy. That's why I said Gunner. Oh, Gunner. Well, you can be a backup. I don't want him starting because now if it clicks. Well, then you're going to have to tell me later whenever we get to the draft and free agency coming up, guys. You're going to have to have some guys to fill those spots. In our there. nickel is already on our team. Okay, well, we'll continue that then because he's, he's going to be in this conversation too. And I've got a couple highlights for him. This next guy, I don't have any because all the ones that I could find were really horrible views and didn't really do him any justice, but a Duke Shelley. So that's for you. Probably you're going to say Gunner again. <laughs> Try hard, kid. Yeah, I like Duke Shelley. I do. Special teams at best. Hell, one game, remember one game he was playing safety because Tyshawn Gibson and Deion Bush got hurt or something like that? He's very versatile. He's very versatile. I would Four keep five him. speed, I believe. Well, I'll tell you what. He's smart. Well, he's not only that. He's some other stuff, too. But you can continue. But I, I, I think there's a place on this team for him. There is. 
There is. I definitely do. So I think, and this is this is a crazy hot take. It's a super crazy hot take. I think this kid could be the best tackler in the corner group today. Mm. I think he might be the best tackler we've had. I saw numerous plays. Yeah, because he's he had a couple of TFLs. He gets I, some yeah. good TFLs. He gets he made Dalvin Cook his his uh Yep. He did. <laughs> yeah. He went after Dalvin Cook. So I think that was personal. Like he like, slept with his lady or something. That was personal. <laughs> I really I really think he's best suited for special teams though. Like, yes. I would maybe at the dime every once in a while, but he's got some things to work on, but I just have to put it in perspective exactly how good this kid is tackling. So this kid played 10 games. He started four games, right? Mm -hmm. He had 37 combined tackles with 30 of them being solo to put that into perspective. Kendallville door who we just talked about had 46 total tackles and 33 solo tackles. That's three more, and he played all 17 games. I'll go even further. Jalen Johnson had 46 total tackles and 37 solo tackles. I believe he played 15 games. So this kid, not even starting and hardly getting that time, still made that many impact tackles. 30 solo tackles for, for that is, is, is a decent number for me. Now, Especially at that position, yes. Exactly at that position. Yes. Now, he's going to have a fight if he wants that number four dime spot, especially with free agents and some other rookies coming in. But, I mean, we also have to talk about Thomas Graham Jr. That's another guy that he's going to have to fight with for that role. Um, what I think he needs to work on is is that inside coverage. I, I didn't see enough good from him really on a consistent basis to really cover the slot receiver guys, you know, some of the lower end guys, yeah, but he's not going up against Cooper Cup. He's, he's and, not I, and that's that. why I said he's smart. Like he knows where to be. Yeah. What I've noticed, but I also noticed like his hips aren't really great. He's more he's more downhill, which is why he gets the running back so so good. I would say, but like I said, I would say I would no 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 Brooke, not special teams only for him because I've seen him play well. It, He's he's actually not bad on the deep ball. He's decent. He's decent. Right. Like he just like you that, said. Third, that third or fourth receiver on that deep ball. Yeah, that not, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, like he's a dime bad. guy. Like he's a, a number four dime guy. But I don't. But, I don't. I don't. I, I like the fact he's not one of those tacklers. Like he he gets uh, in there. He's had a couple that I. I saw some shoulder throw, especially uh, he had one against Kirk Cousins that I, I watched today. I was like, damn, kid. But that that was different. Like I said, I think something happened with him in Minnesota because he takes Minnesota. <laughs> he does. But the spot for him for me is, yeah, it's kind of that special teams guy. But I want this guy to be Sharon McManus. I I want him to be the the special teams guy like one of the Sharon top guys McManus. I used to, that Sharon used to be one of my McManus favorite guys. and this kid it's like a mirror image to me of yeah. how they should be playing and special yeah. teams this kid can tackle he's feisty he's fast he he can get after it and with this new regime coming in JB with a whole new defensive scheme and all these other corners coming in I'm sure they're going to be drafting just like I said I'm playing a, a broken record here free agency and the draft, they're going to go get some corners and he's got to solidify a spot. What better way to do it than in special teams? What be that guy, be that gunner, 
be that Sharon McMahon type and there's guy. No, there's like anybody that knows sports, there's no shame in being a special teamer. No, there's three phases not. of football. It's important. And as, as we see, if it wasn't for Jakeem Grant, hell, we might not have three of the wins that we had last year. True. Only only person with a punt return touchdown last year was a punt or kickoff. Uh, that was – he had a punt. He was a punt. He was yeah. the only person that had a punt return touchdown last year. Yeah, only one in the league, are, which is crazy. Only person in the league. Right. That's crazy. Very important. So, absolutely, I I definitely keep him. I, yeah. I, there's a place on my team for Duke Shelley. There should be, as as there should be, and let's let's hope he can get that role because, like I said, that many tackles for a backup guy that is definitely comparable to what your starters were bringing in. Yeah, granted, a lot of those were probably special teams plays, but he did play in some significant games and made significant tackles. Just like I said with the Dalvin Cook game, I watched him tackle. And it wasn't just the backup at one position; he was very versatile. Absolutely, he is. There's a spot for him on this team. Yes. Now, the next guy that we're talking about is... I don't know who the hell he is. The massive wild card here. Talking about Bo Pete? We're not, we're not getting into Bo Pete. And I'm about to say, I don't know who the hell that is. Those <laughs> other guys. We're not getting into Lamar Jackson. I'm not a quarterback guy. We're not doing that. We're going to talk about the the main guys. like Not the guys that could ah, be possibly be... You, you know, talking about our starting nickelback. I'm talking about the guy that you think is going to be the starting nickel of this team. This Mr. is how you remind me. <laughs> <laughs> of Mr. Thomas Graham here. Oh, I'm sorry. Thomas Graham Jr. Thomas Graham Jr. <laughs> so you want to go on this one first, JB? Or so, do you want me to show the video and explain mine and then you can back it up either way? Show, show the video because I have a little backstory that people may have forgot, but go ahead. Okay. So this guy for me, I mean – He's the most intriguing guy that that we have at this position because, and just like I said, he's like Jesper Horstead is for the offense for me. He's the guy that I'm curious to see more of on game day and know what he's about. We saw flashes in that week 15 game against the Vikings. Was that a flash in the pants? Was that real? We don't really know. I need to take a bigger look, but what we can look at, JB, are some of these plays that this kid made in this game. I saw one where he actually baited a guy. And for a rookie to just bait a guy like that, it's absolutely crazy to me. Like, <laughs> I never thought I would see this from him. So here, let's back it up, Alan. Slow down here. Okay, okay. Let's get back here. So Vildor is – hang on. I can't remember where he's at on this. Oh, okay. So this one, he's on the bottom here. And – what he does on this play is he's just singled up on this guy. It, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of lagging to me. Hang on. I'm going to have to back it up again. I'm lagging. Sorry, guys. So you can see him on the bottom of your screen right now. And I'm, I'm going to try to back up a little bit. Here we go. Okay. So what he does on this play is he's he's singled out on that guy on the play, but he immediately recognizes what's going on on that bottom end corner comes right back to the ball, makes a stick play on that stops him. Right here. He is again. This is the play that I'm talking about. He baits a guy. So runs out here. He ends up on the, I believe that's the tight end there. And looking at the quarterback, looking at his guy has the leverage towards the outside on this guy. Right. And right here, boom, he he's looking, he's like, is he going to jump it? No, not yet. Don't jump it. Don't jump it. Hold it. Boom. 
has the awareness to run the route better than the guy that he's going up against, JB. And this is the kind of play, I mean, granted, on that play, I wish instead of overextending, he just runs to the ball and tries to make the catch and runs around. That would have been ideal. And on on this, I I can't remember who he's going up against on this one either, but he's one-on-one single-man coverage on this. The safety bites in. He's one-on-one. The other safety's way out of the way. There's no way he's getting towards this. So he is on an island right now by himself. And he makes the play. He comes in, makes the play. But this is just one game, JB. Is this something that we can see consistently from him in a 17-game season? The answer is yes. Why? Here's why. Show of hands, and I'm going to give 10 seconds to anybody in the chat. Anybody remember who Thomas Graham was before last year? (laughs) Anybody that uh... (laughs) – wrong one, sorry. (laughs) The answer is nobody. (laughs) Nobody nobody remembers. Except his college alma mater. (laughs) Because he took a year off due to COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID, Thomas Graham was a top – DB in the Pac-12. He went to Oregon, I believe. I thought he could. I heard he could have went like third round. Maybe. He was he was one of the tops in the Pac-12. Yeah. And see, they don't remember him. Yeah, exactly. Because, no one because he he sat out the COVID year, guys. So yeah, he. So let me explain something to you. When you sit out and you look like you in shape and look like a He-Man action figure, that doesn't mean you're in football shape that doesn't mean you're in game shape so he had to get his football legs back he had to get that feel for the game back and he hadn't played in a whole year not competitively frank marshall says that he's a practice squad player get out of here frank get out of here frank (laughs) he's not practicing he is right now he he's technically right now on the practice squad so he's not wrong but not today but no yeah there's a lot of top guys in the league now that you all never knew were come. They came in the second and third round. A lot of top DBs, guys. A lot of top DBs. Yeah. And Hall of Fame DBs at that. Second and third round, right? So with Thomas Graham, when you have that type of natural headiness and awareness, you can't teach that. That's just knowing where to be around the ball. And when you're going against a team, and I hate to keep pushing this, when you're going against a team like Minnesota, who you know can air it out or they can turn around and give it to Dalvin Cook. You have to be disciplined. Yeah. You don't make those type of plays without being heady and being disciplined. Now, you can get a little loosey-goosey against a team that you know going to throw the ball 72 times and run it six. Oh, like the Bears. I'm going to get to that dark spectrum. Don't worry. Look, like the Bears. You know, the one game where David Montgomery ran the ball six times, we ran it eight for the whole game? Or what was Nine? No, he ran it seven times, we ran it nine for the whole game. Yeah. And yeah. we threw the ball like 40-something times. Yeah, yeah, we can get a little predictable and get a little, you know, loosey-goosey when you play against a team like us, but not when you play the better teams. So with a little – with with an actual season behind him, right? Yeah. He will be fine. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got ball hawking capabilities. Why not? He's right there in your he's right now in your backyard. Right now. I, I agree. I agree, JB. And 
We'll see what happens with this. But next, guys, we are going to get to the free agent corners and the drafty corners. But first, before we do that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Here's our quick word from our sponsor, Nick and Ivy. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show, as well as the 1252 brand, because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend. Or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. And that was a word from our sponsor, Nick and Ivy Brewery. Guys, make sure, if you haven't yet, get down to Lockport, Illinois. they got some good stuff going on there. They've got their stouts. They've got a whole list of stuff that you can get today down there. It is a good time. I promise you that. He's always got live events, live shows. We had a blast, didn't we? He has yoga there. He has yoga on like Sundays or something like I, I which I didn't even know. Like he, he has events all the time, guys. Go. It's a great time. If you want to know what he has on tap, go to nickandivybrewery.com. So now we're going to get to the Bears fans with a brain uh, poll question of the day. And JB, this is it. Mm-hmm. We, we've been talking about corners a lot. Specifically, the second uh, corner on this team, do you think it's better that they go after this in free agency? Or do you think it's better they go after this in the draft? So, well... A loaded question i know there's a lot of variables that that it's hard to really do but it's 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 not as cut and dry as what i'm asking you basically but i just need a cut and dry well, it's 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 not it's not because and here's why with the draft picks we just got it kind of gives polls up folds polls a little flexibility in who yeah. he might draft If there's a guy, I won't say those names just yet because I know we'll get to that a little We're later. Getting in the there. <laughs> That's next. <laughs> but if one of those guys, because so when when you say the 48th pick, yeah, that's the 48th pick. That's after guys. That's after our Bears pick. That's the 48th pick in the draft. So. Remember, San Diego had a little bit better record than we were, so that second round pick is behind the Bears pick. Yes, we so, we we have thirty nine, then we get forty eight as well. We get forty eight. So that particular pick, if the Bears have somebody on their board that they know is going to be available, that they would draft at thirty nine, but one of those top DBs falls and is available at thirty nine, we need to take that DB at thirty nine and take whoever we had on our board at forty eight. That's how the progression needs to go. But since you also got a couple of extra dollars. Six million. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's some guys out there, but JB. There's a couple of guys that we can kick the tie on. So I'm going to build a team, man. I'm going to say push. 
on this one because you really can't go. I would prefer both, but you really can't go bad, go wrong either or. Yeah, I understand that. And I mean, for me, there's some great guys out there, but I would much rather at this point go like there's some big fishes. There's some big fishes in free agency this year, but I would much rather now that we've got even another second round pick, JB, I would rather go young. I would rather go for some of these top corners because I love this corners draft. I love the guys I see. I love some of the safeties and we'll get into the safeties a little bit later, but we're going to start. We're going to start with (laughs) (laughs) with just the corners. And so as of right now, here are some of the free agent uh, corners that we have. We've got JC Jackson, who you just mentioned a little bit ago, Stefan Gilmore. We got Carlton Davis. We've, We've got Casey Howard, Darius Williams, Steven Nelson, Charvius, however you say that word, and DJ Reed Jr. And I, I'm going to let this just kind of... Okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I just wanted a little minute let that Dr. Dre breathe. But um, JB, free agent-wise, who are you interested in here? Put that, put that script back up, please. I will. So right now, JC Jackson is going to cost the world. That's, yeah. I like Carlton Hay- uh, Davis. I love Darius Williams. You know, Charvarius Ward, for you all that don't know, he's the guy that all, that basically cost the Chiefs uh, their third Super Bowl appearance when they were yeah. going against Buffalo. I mean, uh, the Bengals. So I kind of don't want him. Um, You've also got Bryce Callahan that's well, not I, on this I, list, know, but he's more of a nickel type guy. He's more, he's more of a nickel. I think well, we're set at nickel. I think we're good. He can play too, but I prefer him at the middle. And he's he's always injured too. It's just he just can't stay healthy. If 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 you can get a healthy Bryce Callahan, I'll sign up for that. Absolutely, kid. absolutely. Because he and he's another one with versatility. Yeah, absolutely. So what I would like, and there is a name on there. We gotta throw it up there for shits and giggles. Yeah, exactly. Doctor Carlton Davis. I'll give him ten. That's, 10 or 11. I'll that's, 10 or 11. that's exactly the guy on this list. If I'm looking at the list and I'm being honest with myself, yes. he's probably the guy that I would go after. Would I love uh, J.C. Jackson? Yes, absolutely would. But, man, you're going to have to throw a bag at that guy. And just like we've said, I'll show and what we've talked about, you don't really have that cap space this year to be getting those guys. Look at those kind of guys next year. Look right. at whenever we've got $121 million in free agency, that's when we're going to go after those kind of guys. I'm okay with that. Just not right now. Let's just, let's just let's pump the brakes on that. But if I had to choose one, obviously that's probably the route I'm going just for the spending wise and the, the age. The, so there's also a couple other guys. Now I know you, I know you don't like to go on the other side of 30. You can go. That's but, why I threw up some names for you. I'm just looking at this because I'm looking at it financially and give me a guy two, three years that can coach some people up. Yeah. I like a guy like a Patrick Peterson who's 31, who's got a lot of football left in. You want him like a couple year deal? You know, I would probably get him on the cheaper side, right? Absolutely. I I I can't remember what the Vikings paid him this year, but whatever they paid him, they didn't want to keep him. They didn't want to keep him. So if you told if you told Patrick Peterson right now, I'll give you two years, eighteen million, and he says yes, take it. Yeah, take it. Another guy that I that I had on my short list was PJ Williams. I know you guys okay. in Bears lands remember him. He's the one that got one of our receivers goaded. 
Yeah. He kicked out the game. Javon Wims, remember him? Yeah, I remember so, that. PJ is 28. I'm not a but, super big fan of him. But we know he can play ball. <laughs> he can, but he's one of those guys where I feel like if he was he's on a- my team, I would love that. But he's a guy that when he's not on your team, you, you don't like that. Kind of like the Bulls with whenever we had Joe Kim Noah. Like other people hated Joe Kim Noah, but we loved him because we knew what he brought. So a PJ Williams is going to bring an intangible that he can get under people's skin and get them 15 yard penalties for us. Yeah. So, but tongue in cheek. But then another guy that I brought up before who will be on the cheap, who's very refreshed, is a Malcolm Butler. If we're looking at a cheap number two for a couple of years, we have to remember Malcolm Butler is the reason Russell Wilson doesn't have a second Super Bowl other than Pete Carroll. Yes. Everybody knows if Pete Carroll runs the ball with Marshawn Lynch, Russell got two. We all know that, right? Everybody? Yes. Bueller, 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 we all know that? Okay. <laughs> Malcolm Butler is the guy that made that, that, that stop, that pick. Malcolm Butler is also the guy that Bill Belichick had the brain front on and had to – I've never heard Bill Belichick apologize. But he clearly apologized like, man, I should have played him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I too. That says something that Bill Belichick is apologizing for Malcolm Butler not playing. He sat out a year. He said he's got his he's got his desire back. I'd bring him in on the cheap and see if we got if he gets us a, a solid solidifies our number two. And before everybody gets in an uproar about a Malcolm Butler, some of us same people were praising. I know you're- Ryan Pace for, for Marcus Trufant. A 38-year-old Marcus Trufant. Marcus Trufant. So don't, don't poo-poo Malcolm Butler and praise <laughs> Marcus Trufant, who didn't even want to be here. I hear you on that. Like, I, I knew on, that's guys. where you were like, going. Let's not do that. <laughs> no, I I agree completely, JB. There are some good names out there. There's definitely solid guys out there. But, man, like, I just can't help but look – at this corners class and just just look at myself here and be like okay we we got Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU we've got Ahmad Sauce Garner from Cincinnati we've got Trent McDuffie from Washington Andrew Booth Jr. from Clemson one of these guys I love here Kair Elam from Florida Roger McCreary from Auburn and we got Kyler Gordon from Washington JB there's a lot of good – and there's other guys here that I didn't even put on that list. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a plethora of names that I can get to on this. We can talk about guys, talk about anyone you want, JB. So let's let's, let's back up again, please. Yes, absolutely. Hold because on. obviously I want the sauce. Oh, we anybody, all do. Did it, anybody not know who the sauce is? <laughs> <laughs> Ahmad Garner, man. Ahmad Gardner. Four four one forty. Yes, yes. Kid is kid is gonna be special compared I to think. Richard Sherman. Yeah, real heady, good tackler, just a beast. He'll probably be gone. Oh, he's <laughs> that's the most like, definite what, thing. Like, top ten. Oh, I don't even probably. think I, I'm. He's starting to creep towards. Well, I don't know. Depending on how the board falls, he he might he might get out of the top 10 but i don't think you will it just depends on what some of these teams do because there's some good there's some good tackles in the draft there's 
a couple good linebackers well, that might go early. There's quarterback that might who knows what Carolina's doing this. about quarterback now. Like there's I'll say this. A lot of rumors going around. If it gets close to the back end of the draft in the first round, if he's still available, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm making a call like I give you these two, I give you these two seconds and a sixth to move up and get him. That's that's who I would be. I would be saying, but to give up both second round picks we just got for that one guy for sauce for sauce. Okay, for sauce. Yes, that's a that's a ballsy move by a new GM. That guy. You can see he gonna be that guy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I do, and I mean, who knows about what Derek Stingley's gonna be? I mean, yes, yeah. he sat out, sat out last year. He didn't run the forty, but he's had good forty times. He's a good tackler, open field. I think he ran at LSU combine back in the day. He ran a four three seven or something I, like you're that. You're probably like, right. I I then, wouldn't doubt that. And you know they compare him to Stephon Gilmore, so he t- yeah. like he's a beast. Dude, he's a beast. He's got good 50-50 ball. Good, great recovery speed. I saw that a lot on on some of the film I watched. And he's got injury concerns too. So he he's kind of a guy yeah. where I'm like, uh, I don't really know. But that injury stuff can make him slip. But these days, you know, hell, we draft people off an of injury all the time. So yeah, let's not make that a big, especially yeah. lineman, which makes no sense. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, we've got but, uh, a dark horse guy. I want you guys to look up, right? 6'2", 200-pound kid, 4'3", 40. I'm looking at him. If he can fall to that third round and we get him, or even that fifth, it's a guy from Sam Houston State named Zion McCullum. Okay. 6'2", steal of the draft. People are like, wait, where was this guy? He played football? Check him out. If the Bears are really doing their homework and doing their schedule, if their scouting department is doing our team justice, he'd be on your short list. Zion McCullum, look him up, guys. 6'2", corner, Sam Houston State. You're already here first. He's going to be a problem in the league. I don't think I got him on my list even. No, I don't. don't. You know this is my time of year, A.B. This is my time. (laughs) It is. Yes, sir. So I have some intriguing names here that that I've looked at. I don't have a specific – I mean, I've got obviously the big name guys are guys I want, but there's some guys here that I like, like – for instance, Kobe Bryant. For one, I can say yes. Kobe all the time. That makes me happy. He's 6'3, 191. His 40 time was 454, which I know that everyone's running out of the gym in this combine, but that's still fast. That's still super fast. He was he was a leader at Cincinnati. I I watched some of their films. He 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 had a good tandem thing going on. He's, I mean, great tackler, like pretty good tackler. He wasn't afraid is what I noticed the most is that yeah. even if he makes mistakes, he I mean, he was up right back in it. He's got that killer mentality. He wants to play tough, wants to play scrappy, just kind of like what I was talking about, what I want from Kendall Vildor. Now, how much of that came from him playing with Sauce, though? That's kind of where I'm getting at. But yeah. <laughs> there are some people that say that Sauce benefited more from him than vice versa. So that's that's the big debate. But that kid could really shine for us. But the things that bother me about it is the speedy guys. He kind of had issues with them. And I also noticed him getting off blocks too a lot. He he would kind of get lost in that. In the Alabama game where Sauce didn't. Yeah. yeah. That's yes. what I was concerned about. Yeah. Which I com- 
they are completely warranted. But this kid had a special year the year before even he would have been a higher pick if mm-hmm. if, if he would have actually came out. That's a big name I had. One of the more fun raw names that I was looking at for like more of a raw type guy is 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 this Tariq Woolen kid. He's six four. He's two oh five. He went to UTSA. He's projected around third round, and that's kind of why I was looking at it. Is he that like, four okay, two? That four two guy? Four two six forty guy at yeah. six four two oh five. He's got great length. He's got good awareness. He can good play his own coverage very too. well. Yeah, good he's. Hits. I liked him whenever he was in in a zone. He was patient with it. He's got good closing speed to the ball. Super high motor. Super high motor, and he looks competitive as hell. He looks like a guy who'd come in and just dig at it. But the things that bother me with him are 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 things that I look for big time in my corner. Is he was not good in press. I I honestly didn't like his press coverage, his lateral movement with those long, you know, that long body sometimes in transition. That didn't really look great. But his pad level, that was another thing where I mean he's six four, so well, he's not always getting down. Right. It's yeah, to gambled a lot. Gambled probably more than I think he should have. And he didn't he he hasn't played the position that long either. I think he's only played he it is, a right? couple years. Yeah. Yeah. So he's another kind of guy where I'm like that's kind of a reach for me. Some of these other guys. But Martin, if he's available in the fifth round and he's a project. I'm thinking he might slip to the fourth or fifth. Yeah, he might be like one of those raw guys that he can slip down that far. I'm okay with that. I'm but okay with that. I wouldn't mind because. He's projected at, at third round right now. I, I saw more good than bad with him. Yeah. Especially because. You know, University of Texas, San Antonio, like they're yeah. not on TV. You're a not lot. seeing that. Like I had to go dig just to find the, some yeah. some some film on this kid. Like I, yeah. I didn't know where to look. You know, but I, I, anytime you got a six foot four DB and he makes one play, he's going to be on a college football show. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll catch him, and then unfortunately, UTSA will be somebody that'll play a Georgia in the, like the first or second game of the season as a tune up. So we'll get to be like, oh, who's that guy that made this one play against this great team? And then, you know, you never hear about him until draft time. Yeah. So, but definitely yeah, no. like him. I yeah. was going to ask you if you felt – now, these guys are, are, are a little older as well. But money-wise, what about a Dante Jackson? You know, I know we talked about Bryce Callahan. What even about – remember, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden like, is a free agent. I've always liked Joe Hayden. I wanted us to draft Joe Hayden back in the I day. I just don't. Yeah, so did I. I I, I, I was upset <laughs> whenever that one didn't fly. He was Cleveland, remember? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I that was like one of those years where like I bought Madden and I'm like, how do I trade for that kid? <laughs> like, like, that's the guy that I want playing corner on my team. Like, he's that good of a player. Joe Hayden, he's a little older now, obviously. Yeah, He's but, a little longer than two, but again, like I said, that 26, no, I'm sorry. That six million that we get from Mac now puts us at 32 point something, I think, I'd for the year. Look. Yeah. I'd have to go look. I'm not 100% sure I didn't look that up. And up. to get, if Joe Hayden is healthy, to get a guy like that on your team, that only helps Jalen Johnson. That only helps Thomas Graham. That only helps those other two. She's talking about something completely. I'm, oh, I, Tua. Yeah. Um, I think they're just having their own conversations here in the in the chat. 
No, that's fine. Keep it up. No, I, I love it. I love hey, it. Yeah. There's <laughs> a number scrolling on the bottom. Call in. <laughs> yes, guys. Just so you know, just so everyone knows that if you have any questions or anything at all you want to talk about, please put it in the chat or you can use our call-in line. Now, when you use our call-in line, you're going to be directly speaking to me and you're not really going to hear what JB says. So if you go that route, then make sure that you turn down your volume enough so you can still hear it, but not echo through. So that's, you're more than welcome to do that. But, but yeah, JB, let's, I mean, I've even got more guys in this draft that I like. Like I, well, it's, I, I had a couple more guys too, but oh then, yeah, go. please. So, but 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 that's the problem. Like when we get to those later, 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 later rounds. Well, I'm not. I'm not very interested in going late on this one. I'm interested in second and third round. Well, at, that's the at, thing. At, at at this point, just because so, now we have two of them. This one of those has to be a second corner. It's got to so, be. Well, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> Why that, not, JB? Damn. If one of those guys are available, yes. If one of those top guys, like if there's a projected late third, fourth round, fifth round guy, let's not jump up and take him with that 48th pick or that 39th pick. Oh, no, no. No, but like there's another DB, DB position that we need to take, and I think we should segue to that right now. What's that? safety you want to do that now because although we do need a qb2 i mean a cb2 we still have more options getting that position in free agency than we do with the safety position yeah okay okay so, well we do have a couple quick questions and then we will segue yes, over, let's get the questions. Yeah, over to the safeties one other name just to throw another name in that bin is that Kyrie Elam kid. I'm telling you, go look that kid up. He's 6'2 from Florida. Like late he's, first, maybe second round. I'm about to say he was 43940. He comes from family members who are in the league. Like he's got family members in the league. Big physical guy, good pedigree, good speed, good at pressing, which I love in, in my corners. I do. He is kind of awareness was one of his that's yeah. Well yeah. that and he he's just kind of inconsistent with like certain things, but he's a guy that I think that Matt Eberflus and that whole defensive staff can look at and go, that guy's got the speed, he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got everything that we need. We can coach him up. He gets handsy too. He gets a little handsy for me. That could be something down the road where he could have yeah, especially a, against a shifty problem. receivers. Yeah. A lot and, of holds, a lot of inadvertent. He gets kind of like I don't want to say he's lazy, but his like at times his his fundamentals don't don't look like where they should be. But mm-hmm. I still like the kid a lot. Well, there's I, I and saw him there's so, like three other guys on here, but we got a whole show to get to. Still, if, if, <laughs> I'm if, not gonna spend all night on it. But if I'm not mistaken, AB, if you go to that Kentucky game year before last, that's when he showed his butt. Yes, yes, that was yeah. He's he's a baller. That's where, that's where I was like, ooh, okay, yeah. I'm paying attention. Like, mm-hmm. I, I definitely did. But we've got some questions here. So we've got our buddy Pink Dog, Pink Dog 2001. Welcome back, buddy. And he asked, "Is do we think Kenny Pickett will be the best QB in this draft class? And my answer is emphatically, absolutely, yes, he is. I, I think he is. I think his arm talent's there. I think he might be a poor man's um, Herbert. 
probably a poor man's Justin Herbert. So, but out of all the quarterbacks that I've seen, and I haven't really got to dig as deep as I want to yet, and we will whenever we have our quarterback show where we speak on Justin Fields and what he needs to work on, some of the free agents and stuff, and the rookies, we will get to these guys for sure. I promise you that. We're going to break down every week. We're going to have all these different positions. We're going to look at. We're going to break down guys that we can sign, we can draft. Promise we're going down that road. But, yes, for me, I think it's Kenny Pickett. For me, I have to say I don't know because it depends on where Kenny Pickett goes. If he goes somewhere, no, elements. Elements, oh, okay. Because he's got such small hands that if he puts gloves on to throw the ball in cold weather. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people are like knocking him on something that. fumbles in Pittsburgh. <laughs> a lot of people are knocking him. I, I, I think he, uh, I think in the combine he was wearing gloves, didn't he? He, he was. Yeah, and that's okay. why I said that's telling because if you guys now, he can throw the ball. He's phenomenal. He can throw the ball, like you said, puts you in the mind of a Justin Herbert. Yeah. But look at how many fumbles the kid had. Not interceptions, fumbles, lost. He, his, his hands. Are not big enough. See, that's a big hand. What are they like? Eight inch something? Eight. I think they said eight and a half, eight which is half. like yeah. record, like the smallest hands. That's tiny. But but, but what? That was the Jared Goff uh, knock on him coming out too. It right? was. But yeah. but that was the Michael Vick knock. If a lot of people don't remember that, Michael Brooke, Vick had very small hands. Brooke Violet says that small hands are an issue. Now stop it. You're making me laugh. Brooke, well, I'm not joking. That is a real thing. When you're holding something big, it might make it feel bigger. Let's just say that. <laughs> or, this, or when you're holding something small, small hands make something look bigger. So it, it's, it's a real thing because <laughs> when when see, we're nerds, we look into that shit. Yeah. And when this kid and you look and say, why does he have this many fumbles? And then you look at highlights of him just running, and then whoop, the ball slips out. Wasn't touched, wasn't anything. The ball just slips because it can't hold the ball. Our buddy Frank Marshall says that he thinks he's going to be like Johnny Menzel. Frank, I, don't do that. I don't, I don't agree with that one. Hey, Frank, Frank, I don't. Hold on, Frank. that for one minute buddy i'm sorry that's not the guy that i see johnny menzel i and i don't want to be the guy always like i knew that guy i knew that guy i I knew that guy but man you could see johnny menzel throwing up prayers left and right and i was like there's no way that's going to translate to the nfl there's no way especially with his literally read something the other day that said that he might be playing in the ussf the ussfl or the xfl coming this year i believe it I'm like, I got to call Ward. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I do. I believe it. And Devin, Com- Devin Thomas, he might have been better Malik, Malik in the combine, was, he, but that always he doesn't translate. That's like but, just because you're good in the combine does not mean that you're going to be an elite guy at that level. I just see certain things from each guy. And I honestly haven't done my homework as much as I should have. I'm going to be honest. I haven't studied them as much as I should. But what I first see game film on stuff – I think his game translates better. That's just the way I feel. So, except the hands. What they'll say is this. They'll say Malik Willis is a better thrower of the ball. Yeah. That's one of the things they'll say. But then they'll look at 
he played at Liberty. Yeah. I, I don't look whether you're playing against A competition or F competition. If you can play, you can play. It's kind of like Trey Lance was. It's, it's contained year. with it's the North Dakota State, thing. right? But they didn't give that same problem to um, Carson Wentz. No. You know, they didn't give him that same cassette. That's like Josh Allen playing at uh, freaking Wyoming, you know? Yeah. I like but, Josh Allen, though. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. So it'll come down. Well, it will come down to Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, or Matt Corral. If you guys are familiar with him from uh, Ole Miss, I haven't got into like I I I've just kind of snipped around him a little bit. I haven't yeah, we'll, given him so we'll, a lot we'll, of we'll, justice. We'll we're gonna get yeah, we'll on, we're gonna get on the quarterbacks down the road, <laughs> like a hundred percent, guys. We will. Brooke, you are silly. You called them. You called Jack Cone, <laughs> Jay Cutler. I don't know about all that. That's a fail in my book. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big fail in my book. But let's get to the safeties. We've got to get to the safeties because we're just, I mean, we got tons to talk about still. I she love this show. I know she did. Trash. I know she did. And I'm just ignoring it. I'm trying to ignore it and move on from this horrible, horrible take that, that I just saw. I, but, I love her. I love her. Where's she? I love her. Yeah. <laughs> so. We got it. Hang on a minute. Let me get back on track here because that just ruined my whole day. Let's <laughs> be real. So we've got to get to um, the safety talk now. Yes, and please, 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 please. We only have one safety on this team, so I'm not going to show you like a big thing of all the safeties we have because we've got Eddie Jackson right now. <laughs> That's it. It's the only one we have. It's basically on contract. So he's the guy that we're going to start and end and with when it comes to that, because I don't think we're going to get Tayshawn Gibson back. I don't think he's really an option. So I didn't really spend the time breaking down Tayshawn Gibson because I don't think he's going to be here anyway. Hey, but <laughs> Jack Cohn is not Jay Cutler. Let's just stop. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> no more Jack Cohn and no more Jay Cutler comparisons today. Never I'm would bored. I thought I would be on a show where I'm talking about Jack Cohn. I have to wow. actually have this debate right now. It's insane. <laughs> but our our buddy Tony Perkins here, yes, we are sad in the secondary. And that's kind of why I started this whole position stuff with this entire group because I knew free agency's coming in what six days from now. Yes. And I I wanted this one more than anyone to be broke down the most because this is what our biggest need is outside of, I would say, um, as a whole outside of wide receiver. Because mm -hmm. wide receiver, we've got tons of holes there too. We're not we're obviously not gonna get to that before free agency starts, but whoever we get, we can break them down as well. I have no issues going and grabbing film from other players from other teams and we're, we're going to get to that then but eddie jackson man um do you have any pros for eddie jackson this this past year or is it all just negative <laughs> i mean did he he tried being a verbal leader but the way he okay, went about so it was like it's horrible first of all his press conferences know, were uncomfortable telling kendall van dorn not to tackle right his press conferences were uncomfortable. <laughs> to me, he had that. Who, me? 
Yeah, like that's how we. Yeah, because he's I did the leader, right? Dude, come on. I'm I'm look. I'm not even talking about the three plays where he just wiped out his own player. I'm not even gonna talk about that. There's this play against the Minnesota Vikings where the ball is like here, and he just turns around and looks and. I, maybe it was Justin Jefferson whoever caught the ball. And I'm like, and he just stands there like. Yeah, he's just like. Hey. And that did it for me. Like, I'm I'm done with dude. Just, just sitting around. For me, he's a no-go, man. Like, but... the, other, the only other good play he had was when Khalil Mack got the fumble and pitched it to him and then he ran it. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't have anything good to say about Eddie. He didn't even touch game one against the Rams. He didn't even touch Van <laughs> Jefferson. Look who decided to jump in and immediately Dude. go about Eddie Jackson. Terrence Nichols, our buddy from our our home, the Chicago Clubhouse Network. Guys, make sure to check us out there. We have a great lineup there. Every Tuesday we're on there speaking to ex-Bears players. Most of the time, we, we have other guys too, but a lot of ex-Bears players and He's our host. He's a hilarious guy. But he, as much as us, I think he leads I think the he hates Eddie Jackson, Jackson worse than us. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's the leader of the haters club. <laughs> I think, you know what? If he could jump on real quick and rent, that would be awesome. But he's yeah. gonna burn Eddie he's gonna burn Eddie Jackson's jersey on national television. Watch. <laughs> I think he might too. So okay, Tony, Tony. You remember the game I'm talking to. Like, like I'm talking about. Like, the ball was, like, right here. It was, like, right here. Like, if he turns around and does this, he doesn't, like, he does. Oh, my God. Can we show that that film, please? So, I don't have that one, but oh. I do have some Eddie Jackson film in here that we can kind of break some stuff down. So, what I'm, oh what I'm going to show you. I got to pour is, another drink, A.B. All right. Go ahead. Because <laughs> that, that just got me upset. <laughs> Well, since you're doing that, how about we do this? How about we take a quick commercial break? You go pour that drink. You go pour some more of that Moore's beer. And I'll have a nice commercial about Moore's beer. Cheers. There was a time when high standards prevailed. When excellent craftsmanship was displayed and treated with the utmost importance. Acquire the crisp, refreshing taste of Moore's beer. Moore's Beer. Raise your standards. And that was a quick word from our sponsor, Moore's Beer. Guys, you are in the Chicagoland area, and you have a damn pulse, and you haven't tried this stuff yet. You have got to try it. I wish I would have pulled up the freaking Hakeem Hicks photo that Damon Wasn't that awesome? With holding that Moore's Beer, man. It is, it is great beer, I promise you. If you need to know where to go get it in the Chicagoland area, go to morrisbeer.com today and you will find some good stuff. I promise you that. I just wish I could get some more. <laughs> That's my problem. Oh, duh. I, I got to go back and get it. I'm not in no. Chicago. You know what I – remember what I did as a test for Ward? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I got you. All right. I'll even – I'll even throw you the money. I'll even be, I'll, I'll send you the wire it, whatever, man. Man, I, you know, we I, don't do that around here. I will wire you $150. Give me as much as you can. 
<laughs> just a pallet of this shit. Just so well, I you, have know, you know, our mom would not have that. Absolutely. So. <laughs> I 100% agree with you on that, brother. I do. So I'm going to get this Eddie Jackson breakdown. And I hope, I swear, guys, I'm sorry if it lags. I'm sorry if it's not working right. But let's get this here. So this, again, is the Bengals game. And as you see, if you can look, you've got Eddie Jackson in the back here. He's the deep safety in in this nickel coverage. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to see on this is on the break, you've got the wide receiver down low. He's he's running out. Oh, look, there comes the slot guy running a crossover. The other wide receiver outside, he's he's running free out so eddie jackson's got to watch what's going on with the quarterback to see where he's ending up with the ball what he does he breaks on it joe burrow throws the ball but what eddie doesn't do is eddie's not deep enough and eddie doesn't react quick enough so what happens instead is eddie kaboom hits the db and jamar chase walks in like he does with many people now we're going to see what Eddie Jackson should be doing on these plays. And this is one that we saw from the Arizona Cardinals. Not last year. I believe this was two years ago, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. It might be the year before. I'm not 100% sure. But, again, same kind of formation, except it's, it's, it's flipped on the other side, right? You've got that outside corner running out. You've got the other corner on the other end running out. Eddie Jackson reads it right, reads that QB, ball in the air. Where's Eddie Jackson? He was 30 yards backfield when the play started. He was yep. reading it from, from the moment it jumped off. I went back and looked at another angle. This kid was back farther than I've ever seen him, like 30 yards back, right? Just enough to where he can backpedal, swivel over, and make the catch right there over top the wide receiver. That's the guy that we need. So here again, this is what I think Eddie Jackson excels at the most. This is what I love about what Eddie Jackson can do. You see Eddie Jackson here. Hang on. Let's bump it. Eddie Jackson was, he is the, the, the third DB would be in that row. He's basically just hovering back, watching out for these underneath routes, right? What he does, he sees the QB's eyes. He's watching the QB and he knows that this wide receiver is is breaking over. Jumps the route. Boom. Right? Right in front of him. Boom. Money play. Same thing here. It's the exact same thing, except this time he's not the high safety. He's the low safety. He's coming off on man off of a slanting out tight end. You can see him. Watches the quarterback. Sees that tight end break out. And then what's he do? Boom. Right in front of it. Pick six. Right? This is the Eddie Jackson we need going forward and i think this this whole cover two is going to help eddie jackson do that we need him to play high safety but what eddie jackson excels at is biting on these underneath routes jb i don't see him as much over top as i do biting on underneath routes that's what i think he's best at so should he be playing high safety or low safety in the box trying to sneak out these underneath routes so in that spread formation the, the one question <clears throat> In that spread formation, the one thing it was telling in that Tampa Bay game. Thank you. That Tampa Bay game, that was a down and distance interception, right? Yeah. It was third and 19. Yeah. Tom had to get rid of the ball. That wasn't Tom. That wasn't Tom. I thought it was Tom. That wasn't Tom. That was that was Jameis. That was uh Fitzpatrick. That, that was his, that, his, that's his how long ago that was. Yeah. Okay. So it looked like everybody, because that was definitely uh 
number 13. What's his name? Evans. He definitely did. They did inside curls, and yeah. it was a position where, like, they weren't they weren't trying to get the first down. Yeah. They're just trying to get yards. So Eddie read that perfectly. So that's why I'm saying, like, in certain situations, yeah, he can excel in that. But if you go back to that first one, what happened was once that receiver on the outside, they called – when you're single high safety zone, right, your zone does this. Pop it back up. Yes. So he's off the screen right now. Yes. Jalen Johnson at the top of the screen has single coverage. This and linebacker, if you go down, you see a three, you see a triangle. Jalen Johnson, yes. you see a safety, you see a linebacker. Yes. That bracket, that's called bracket coverage. Bracket coverage. Once, once, he, once he releases past the linebacker, then he's one-on-one. Eddie Jackson missed this because once uh, Kendall Vildor got beat, he's supposed to come over the top. Immediately, yeah. immediately, because there's that's the that's the most immediate threat. But not only was he too far back, he was too far over. He way needed, over. He needed to stay center field. That way, Jamar Chase doesn't catch that ball. And maybe just a rule of thumb: How about you shade to Jamar Chase's side because it's freaking Jamar Chase? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. It's just one of those things. But so he's either needs to be center field back, single high back, but like back back. But that's all going to depend on what's what's going on. Obviously, we don't want him back there all game like that. Cause well, he that was Chris Conti type back. But the yeah. problem was what? So he never had to come down because the, once once that underneath route slot slot upper slot broke off. That was no longer Eddie because the linebackers were going to drop and pick that up anyway. Yep. That was never his call. So he should have never been looking down there. He should have been dropping, dropping, dropping. Once Jalen had that covered one-on-one and he saw Jamar Chase had a seam straight yeah. up the middle of the field, he's got to come over. I don't know what if, – if, at that point in time, if you're still looking at the quarterback, then that's on you. That's you right. That's why I'm afraid of him in these in these more deep type situations because the more film I put on, the more I see him excelling in this underneath route. I've even heard people go as far as say that he should play nickel in our new scheme because he's better at the underneath. I don't think that's really warranted because I don't want him playing man coverage against a slot nickel. Like that's kind of rough for him. I don't think that speed would really help him, especially going up against like what. You're going to line him up against Cooper Cup? I doubt well, it. Well, no, no. <laughs> here's, well, well, here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And that's why I said we got to – one day we have to go and pull up Eberflus's defense. That – this particular defense now is going to look more like the Tampa 2 yeah. than it is with anything free-floating underneath or single high. Because essentially they play with two free safeties. They don't really hit. Now, if somebody comes into the box, true enough, but it's not like you got that Tony Parrish strong safety mentality. You don't have a Jamal well, Adams in this defense. We're going to get to that next about free agency and rookies that we can look at, too. So that might be a possibility getting that hard hitting safety to play underneath in the box and letting Eddie Jackson do what, what, what he does he best. He can do best is be opportunistic. Be what he was with Vic Fangio. Be that same kind of guy. Be opportunistic and just give him that job of being that dude again. 
that's what we need from Eddie Jackson. And he's got to wrap up more. I get it. He's trying to strip the ball. He's trying to make plays. I get that. But you've got to start wrapping up. And that's something that Matt Eberflus in this defense should be really beating in his brain over and over again is that making sure you're wrapping up tackles. No more, no more of this, you know, where you've got a safety crossing over the middle and he runs to grab him and he slips up and then the guy gets 20 more yards down the field. You can't let that happen. Especially That's the Rams game all over again. He's supposed to literally be the last line of defense. And that guy, if your safety's losing that many tackles, you're going to keep having these kind of drives, guys. It's, it's, it's not going to change. It's not. So we've got to see more of that from Eddie Jackson going forward, JB. So now we can get to... Start with your free agents before you go to our draft. It's a thousand percent what I'm going to do. <laughs> you read my mind, buddy. So we're going to look at the free agent safety. So we've got a Marcus Williams. We've got Tyron Matthew, Devin McCourty, Jesse Bates, the third, Quandre Diggs, Jordan Whitehead, Terrell Edmonds, and Marcus May, a guy that you brought up a lot too, JB. So where do you think we're going to go here, JB? What exactly would... I mean, obviously, if it's me, I would probably get Tyron Matthew if you can, but that's way too much money. But for the money, yes. For the production, no. No. Um, I kind of think if he doesn't get franchised or make some type of deal to go back to Louisiana to play for the Saints, I think he stays a chief. I do I really do. Okay. But what did he get like 16 million last year? I think it was. He was paid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he's definitely gonna be out of our price range. But if you so obviously there's a team called the Seattle Seahawks is having what's called a fire sale. <laughs> They're blowing it up. I love it. Everybody's available. You get a card, you get a card, you get a card. Everybody gets a player. <laughs> Everybody gets a player. I would my first call would be to Quandre Diggs. Yeah. 94 tackles, I think five, six interceptions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but he's also the guy that you brought up earlier that he got all those interceptions but also gave up. Right. Well, no, no, no. That was Trayvon. Or, 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 yeah, sorry, that was Trayvon you were talking about. But the Cowboys. Quadre Diggs is a a hybrid safety. Hybrid, yeah. Remember, it it was Quadre Diggs and Jamal Adams in Seattle. Yeah. Jamal Adams is a traditional strong safety. Quadra, Quandre Diggs has played similar strong safety slash nickel slash free. Yeah. He's more of a ball hawk, but he's a good tackler. That's why I say I like him because clearly Eddie's weakness is tackling, whereas Quadra Diggs is he can tackle. Clearly. Yeah. You got 94 of them boys. Now, for the money, I'm not sure what he would want. For the age, give me Marcus May because Marcus right May. now, because uh, Quadre Diggs is twenty nine, right? Give me, give me Marcus May for the youth movement and for what I really want to do. He don't, you know, he don't want to be in the Jets. He he don't he doesn't. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, maybe he buys into what they're rebuilding. I mean, he's, they've got a hell of a coach. Robert Sala can coach. I like him. I you see really what he did like with the 49ers? Yes. He can coach. I'm really starting to like him. But it's it's like a lot of players, they, they just don't want to be with that whole Jets mystique and all that 
you know, that's going on. But yeah. in a in a vacuum, put that up one more time because there's yeah. one more name I want people to to, to kind of like really really recognize and there's other names too like these were just kind of the top guys that that i noticed that we could really look at absolutely but i want to focus on one name everybody pay attention the best one that we can get for the age is jesse bates the third yeah he's 24 that's that's why he's on this he's list. 24 <laughs> that's why i like him because he's 24 but he just came off the super bowl so yeah. he's gonna want a bag he's hot, he's hot. <laughs> but i mean like so the thing about him is remember whenever the broncos won the super bowl and they had danny trevathan was the hot name and Everyone was like, oh, my God, we got Dan Trevathan. He's still young, and he just won a Super Bowl. I feel that's the same kind of narrative when we're talking about this player. It's, but Jesse Bates but, was 20 years old young when he got into the league. Yeah, but what I'm saying is is that, yeah, he has youth, and, yes, he's coming out of Super Bowl, but is is he as as polished and as good as some of these other guys you could get? I don't think so. Do you think that he could turn into that guy? Possibly, but this is where I mean, I'm gonna be biased because there's safeties in this draft that I like more than the free agent list, just for the sheer fact again is that we're rebuilding this defense. If you get rid of Eddie Jackson and you're drafting a safety and you're picking him up, that would be different. That's different, right? That would be that's, totally that's that. That I will buy all day, JB. That right there, I would buy because for Eddie Jackson, I've heard rumors if they trade him. The best scenario they're going to get is a fourth to a fifth. And that was from some expert people that know what they're talking about. And I trust that. But I, I would say no better than a than a fourth, if you're lucky, a late fourth. And, and guess that's who, guess, saying something. Guess who I hear has interest in a trade for him? Who? Lovey. Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, fit, he fits. He fits. He fits. Yeah, but at the same time, doesn't doesn't he? If you're saying he fits Lovey, he's fitting us just as much. Well, not so because again, remember I said we have to go and watch Eberflus's because it's 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 a form of a Tampa two, but it's not the bend 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 don't. It's yeah. not that. It's just kind of a form of it because remember their linebackers were very very busy. Very, very busy. Thank you, Devin Thomas. He says he likes the way we think. My man, Devin. Some people do. Well, hopefully <laughs> we get on who you talk to. <laughs> Just depends on who you talk to. But we say we say what we say what the people really want to hear. We say what the people think, and we say what other people want. So yeah, that's just that. Yeah, absolutely. But, but to put to put again, we don't like to put the cart before the horse here, guys. If you get one of these free agents. You, you're not going to pair that guy, Jesse Bates, with Eddie Jackson. You're, you're not. No, which is kind of why I'm like, eh, on that. Like, I I would rather do what you're saying, JB, and just unload Eddie Jackson, get what you can for him, plus a boatload of money on the other side, and get a safety in, in the draft correct. at strong safety, a hard-hitting Adrian Amos-type guy to come in and, and play with him. Like that's the route I would rather go to. And that's kind of why I'm I'm just a little hesitant on on this because I'm looking this as a viewpoint of where Eddie Jackson is staying on the team. 
I'm not looking at it at the point well, where Eddie Jackson's gone. But no. I've also said that I think Eddie Jackson could be the next name or a Robert Quinn as well. Those are both names that I'm like, if you're breaking it down, do they want to be here? Do they want the system? Give yourself it, some credit, brother. Give yourself some yeah. credit because you said. We're not there yet. <laughs> no, but you said we needed to make a change. Yeah. But none of us collectively today thought that we were going to lose Khalil Mack. We I didn't. I wanted him gone. And it's not because I don't like the player. No, I no, no. Love it, the player. It, it love. made financial and future sense. I love the 2018 Khalil Mack. I love the all-pro at, at a couple positions with the Raiders Khalil Mack. I like that Khalil Mack. I don't like the Khalil so Mack that, this. that gets broken down and, you know, after the third game of the season, he's already got an issue with a knee or a back or a le- or just something. It, it's, so that's it, why it, I said it kind of keeps happening. Why not give get yourself rid of it? some credit? Because maybe Poles is having the same type of thought process that you are, right? Maybe he watched the show. Who maybe knows? The show. Oh, that would be I awesome. doubt it. <laughs> I wouldn't if I well, was. Everybody there. knows somebody <laughs> that knows somebody that knows somebody knows somebody that oh, can yeah, check this yeah. out. Yeah. You know? A hundred percent, hundred. But it just makes more sense now because if we're in that mindset of getting younger, getting better, getting more productive, and that's where I said I, I can't wait till we break down what Ibrahimus did with that defense. It wasn't just a top ten defense like we're stopping everything. It was productive. It was opportunistic. It was always moving. There are some things in that defense that I've noticed just by watching film of I saw other, the holes. of other things. There's some holes. I saw the holes. That's why I said I know how to beat it. It's 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 not anything that's like, you know, shocking to anybody. Like obviously the outside end corners are that little sweet spot right there sitting in that cover too where where the you have that cornerback who only drops back so far. You've got that other single high safety that's, is he coming over on that side to help? Is the low side guy have anything going on? There's there's a bunch of factors in there that matter, but there are holes in the cover too, and there's big things that we're going to talk about coming up in the next few weeks after we get past all the position stuff we got, guys. I'm telling you, this offseason is going to be fun, and I'm – I'm excited to do it. I wish Warwick was here. I miss him. I wish he would be here for this because, man, linebacker week is going to be fun whenever we get Warwick talking about linebacker oh, yeah. play. Oh, it's yeah. going to be crucial. amazing talking with Listen, him about We linebacker. got some nails. Boy, do we got some names. Yes, we do. Ooh. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some other former Chicago Bears to jump on with maybe hey. break down some stuff too as well. That could be two, in order as well. Two of our names already fell to the wayside, by the way. We'll talk oh. later. Oh, okay. 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 But let's go ahead and we will get now to the drafting safeties. This is where I'm going to get excited now. So we've got, we got some names here, guys. We've got a Mr. Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. We've got JB's guy, Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. We've got, we've got Daxton Hill from Michigan. We've got one of my favorite guys, Jalen Petrie from Baylor. We've got Lewis Sign. I hope I said that right. I always get Sin. that wrong. Lewis Sign. Okay. We've got Kirby Joseph, my Illinois boy, represent there, and Brian Cooks from Cincinnati. Those are just a few of the names on this list that I have. So, JB, I don't even really need to ask you. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. You've been telling me for months 
months upon months upon months. Hey, you need to go check out this Penn State safety, Alan. I'm telling you, he's the real deal. And I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And boy, did I get to it. Holy shit. <laughs> this kid, and he could possibly be there in the second round. He's a late first round to early second round guy. So there's a possibility of a Jaquan Britsker here. JB, the four is yours, man, because this is your guy. He's not only my guy, he he's gave my he's, he's, I'm hedging my <laughs> He gave your he gave your Michigan State Spartans a headache. oh my god didn't he oh mm. two years ago I'm like I almost hey, wanted to go pull some film of him just beating the shit out of Michigan State just to upset you I was like I don't want to depress him today I'm like <laughs> one of the best running backs in college football is Kenny Walker and they always run away from this guy until yeah. they don't run away from this guy I'm like yeah when I tell no, you I this guy maybe yeah, well, uh, no for me no. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Oh, you just perked up everybody's interest now. Everyone's listening. 6'1. He, he weighs 203. 44940 time. Dude is violent in the open field. Man, he goes after. He can get to the quarterback too. I saw some yes. times where he can hit the edge. He can get to the quarterback. He can play any scheme. You put this kid in. He's got good instincts. He's good in the box. He's, I mean, he's an on-field coach. He's he's a guy that will help build your defense and lead your defense. His hips are loose. He's got good strength. I mean, there was some things that I'm like, this kid just jumps off the page to me. But he did have some issues, JB, that I noticed. But So the things that I noticed the most about this kid was that he had moments where it was almost like he was caught sleeping. And just kind of like lackadaisical whenever he wasn't set correctly, and guys would take advantage of that. Some, some, some uh, speedier guys, he was kind of having issues with some of them. A lot of guys have that though. And well, you he get bites on a lot of plays that he might not, he might not probably. Well, be I think. Well, part of, part of that from what I from what I watch, if you watch this, if you go back That's and watch a couple of the Right. I'm, well, I am. I that. am. I am nitpicking, guys. But you have to do that. Yeah, you have to nitpick. So I'm not mad at that. But one of the games, the Indiana game, comes out like right in my mind. Yeah. So one of the things that you have to remember, just because you're the all-world athlete, doesn't mean that you're going to cover the four-two guy. Yeah. You want to scare him, like. Yeah, their best player is guarding me, but that you know, and that 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 happened less than what really occurs. Like, come on, Dion has been beaten, Rod Woodson has been beaten, Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed have been beaten, but they haven't been beaten more time than they were successful. And that's why I say this kid has that type of mold. If anybody remembers Bears lore, Mike Brown mm-hmm. tackle, he could hit, he saved. Two one season, he saved two games in a row. In Cleveland a row. and San Overtime. Francisco. I'll never forget. Walk that. off picks. <laughs> I was there for the Cleveland. It was cold in the month. I was there for. The Remember Cleveland. what Warwick said about him too. Warwick Holman told us a story a few weeks back about Mike Brown that he would hit dudes so hard that he would knock himself out, knock himself out, and get up and come back to the sideline and be like, "What happened?" 
he wouldn't even know what happened in the play because he went so hard and so fast. And that's what I see with this guy. I see a Jaquan Britsker, man. I I see a lot of the same intangibles plus size. Size. Plus more speed, plus more intangible like play. Like I man, like this kid jumps off the page for me. Like I love his game yes. so much, man. And honestly, I don't think that we have a shot at the other guy, Kyle Hamilton. So he's the best in the draft. He is the best in the draft. He, I, I didn't even really scout him that much just because I knew exactly who he was anyway. I've watched enough Notre Dame. Notre Dame because like, again, when you have a six foot four DB. Yeah. He's insane. They're gonna, they're gonna (laughs) feature and highlight him. He, I like the comparison though. This kid could come out and like literally, like he's got like Brian Urlacher's build as a rookie. Yes, like ridiculous. Like he but could I, probably I like, switch I like, the linebacker if he wanted. Absolutely. Well, again, four or five. Yeah, a lot of people don't remember. Like Ed Reed, one of the greatest yeah. safeties ever. Five eleven, four or five forty. Right. A lot of people don't remember this, but Kyle. Hamilton reminds you of a guy by the name of Cam Chancellor. Okay. Of boom. That's a good one. I like that comp. Can, can I like that comp? Can get after it at every level. Well, so Joe, to answer your so question, Joe Ryan is is speaking about Brisker right now. I believe he is. I think he's he probably a little bit behind us because because what he said about um what we were talking about with Mike Brown. Yeah, I can say yes, but. For every Roddy Lott, Joey Browner, Chuck Cecil, hard-hitting tight end, I mean, uh, safety, you may have a Bob Sanders. Yeah. Who will lay the wood, but is always hurt. But he doesn't necessarily just have to be that guy all the time. He can wrap up. He can tackle. He's got got good tackling strength. Like he he, he can bring dudes down. But JB, he's selective with his. Yes, that's that's a perfect word for it. Like he knows when he needs to lay the boom and set the tone, and when it's overkill. You know, like. But if you're not getting him, if you're looking at other guys, say that they're both gone, and you're extremely upset. Because they're both gone. <laughs> is there any other safety for my TV? Is there, <laughs> is there any other is there any other safeties in this draft that you like? I've I've got some names here that we can definitely discuss. I've got so a good amount of names. I remember you saying one the other night when yes. we were talking with uh, uh Tim, Tim Jennings. Jennings. Yes. So Lewis Sin, yeah. right? Um championship, just won a national championship with the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Another six two, 200 six, pounds, three, four, two hundred pounds, four three seven forty. Four three seven forty. Fast. I'm, I'm projecting him in the third. Me personally, second to third round as of right now. Yeah. That's so exactly I'm not that far off. I'm not that yep. far off. But my grade on him, my grade on him is not going to be in the six, the high sixes. It's going to be kind of like six, six point one, six point two, maybe even a five. Only because, okay. only because now. If you put him in a certain system, like Georgia had so much in front of him, he yeah. was able to do whatever he wanted to do. Free reign. That makes a difference, guys. That makes a big difference. If he goes to like a Buffalo, he'll be a Pro Bowl. See, I also feel like he's more of a free safety. He, he is a free safety. And then he's he is, yeah. So like, like, 
But with that work with Eddie Jackson, like you're kind of going to have two guys that are kind of the same kind of guy, except that he's more of a hard-hitting downhill runner. He can actually tackle better than Eddie Jackson. Oh, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like in Eberflus' system, he can flourish. Yeah. Like, but if if he was, so if he went to, he was the leader oh, of that defense too. Like, like absolutely. he was, def- like he he ran that defense and his run game ability. Man, he was good in the run. He, his vision and anticipation was the big word for me. Was anticipation. He knew exactly where he needed to be to yes. set up to make the plays he needs to make. It's like he'd been doing it his whole life, man. It, it was. It, it comes natural and effortlessly for him. That's why I said. But because again, even Bad. some of our scouts, they get caught up on these numbers. Like, well, he only had three picks. That's well. How did he I'll, play the game? I'll actually give you another number that that might bother you a lot. Um, the the big one that I looked up was that whenever he was targeted over his three years. He had a QBR against rating of 85.9 whenever he Very was targeted. High. That's ridiculously way too high. Very had high. some fundamental issues with tackling. The problem I saw the most with him is whenever there was like late plays where they were broke down, his footwork and he kind of got choppy and like didn't exactly know what to do. It would get him out of place sometimes. Like mm-hmm. whenever, but I understand. Oh, this game. I know exactly. Texas yeah, that's that's exactly the one that I looked hey, Matt, at. Matt I was like, oh, gave him a hard day. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's had a lot of breakdown issues on that, and just didn't really know what to do after the play got broke down. But he's a technician. Like I'm being extremely picky again. Like I'm being picky with this stuff. So like, that's why he gets my third round grade uh, at a five nine six one. Yeah, as opposed to a Jaquan Brisker grade as a six five six six type grade. Really didn't like the change of direction either for him. That was no, the other huge thing for me. Was that kind of, it seemed like kind he would he wasn't kind of like. But he's the upright safety, like a slow. He's yeah, like he wasn't there. low enough really to get like. You know what I mean? Like moving right the way that he was supposed to move. But when you're 6'2", 200 pounds, it's not always easy to get low and stay low all the time. But he needs to learn to do that when he gets to the next level. And I, and I think he good. That's why I said for his skill set, I look at who he's got in front of him at Georgia, which did excel. Now, again, everybody has everybody gets picked on. Everybody does. Yeah. But what I see from him on this Bears team is if you have to keep an Eddie Jackson and you put a Lewis Sin next to him, they can play off of each other because he can tackle. Yeah. And he does have a nose for the ball. That's what I like about him. (laughs) I think we have a new fan, JB. Our our friend Brooke Violet came in and said that she, she asked what she missed. She's, she's asking Frank and Tony what she missed because she had to take a call. Well, can always go back and watch and just so everyone listening that's knows that is new we are also on spotify as well if you're on facebook make sure to go to our bears fans with a brain group we've got over eleven thousand people in that thing it's hopping every day of the week guys it's it's crazy in there like we have some bad takes here and there everybody does but as long as you're in there as long as you're cordial good it's all about the debates it's all about having a good time in there that's what we're doing here as well. But JB, I have a couple other names for you. So I know two, I know two you're gonna say. Do you? I do. 
you probably know one already because well, one is Dax Hill. Dax Hill is a, is is a name that's on my list. But the one that you're really gonna say is Smoke Monday. Uh see, I'm gonna shock you on that. I'm not. Don't say JT Woods. I'm not gonna say JT Woods. Okay, because I'm like I'm not ready for him yet. <laughs> I have I have some sneaky guys in here too. So I'm gonna give you my sneaky guys first. And then I'm going to give you the guy that I really like first. So a sneaky guy and (laughs) our buddy Chris Lentz, just so everybody else that's new that knows in, he's asking what we're watching because every week at the end of the show, we have a, what are you watching segment where we talk about all the stuff we're watching on TV. Chris, are you rushing us? He always is. That's how Chris is. Our Spearman in there. How are you, buddy? It's good to see you. Cheers. I'm going to play this real quick just for our buddy Mo Beerman because I know every time I do, he's got a drink. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <laughs> drink up, Mo. Drink up. It's good to see you, buddy. But anyway, um, so some of my sleeper guys in here that I'm looking at, one, one in particular, a third to fourth round guy. And this guy is, oh, wait, hang on. I'm Spotify. I already proved you guys even. You don't agree, mixed up human Bears fans. We agree and we disagree, but we respect your point of view. Brooke, you're a thousand percent right. That's exactly. And sorry, I didn't read it all. It was kind of fast reading, but here's to you on that. Here's to us having a new fan. We love having you guys in. That's what this is all about, guys. It's about all of our opinions. It's about debating. It's about having a good time and trying to help build this team. We Tony, all have the we're same not there goals. yet. Tony. We, we all have the same goals at the end of the day. And that's what it's about. So our buddy Tony here says that Marcus Williams from the Saints is a good young safety free agent. <laughs> I agree. We already kind of covered that. Yeah, we're not there. We're gone. We're not there like, yet. We're, we're already Thanks past me. that. But <laughs> one of my sleeper guys is Bubba Bolden from Miami. This kid's projected third to fourth round guy. Just hear me out on this kid. I'm not I'm not saying he's he's a plug and play start guy t- like tomorrow. But when I put the film on this kid, man, he's obviously big body, good, strong tackler, quick read guy. He's read and react, like quick read and react guy. Pretty good ball skills, too. Um, The big thing I noticed was he had some good pursuit plays. Like, he can run stuff down. He doesn't have that elite, elite speed. And I noticed he did four, five, seven, four, five, eight, something like that. Four, four, seven, forty. Four, seven. Okay, I knew he was not he bad. Ran. Yeah, like not bad. he's not a scrub. Um, he gets out of position a little bit too. But this kid reminds me of Buda Baker a lot. Clemson game. That was one that I watched. I I watched. Uh, what was the other one? I watched that one. I watched a little bit whenever they got their head kicked in by um, who was it? I'm drawing a blank right now. I I watched another one where they got just demolished by somebody. I don't even so remember. I watched Clemson. I watched Florida State. Was it Bama? Well, I didn't watch that one. I it watched Clemson. Bama game I watched. I watched Clemson. I watched Florida State. And then I had watched part, part of the North Carolina game. Part. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing because I got tired. Um, I think you're on to something because he – he looked like Buda Baker to me. Like he could kind of be that kind of dude. Like, I'll say he doesn't do a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. But is he a is he a victim of 
being isolated because they just didn't have anything else around them? I mean, maybe, maybe. But I, I don't know. Just like coaching up that that kind of size, speed, good. Another one I got for you, Brian Cook, Cincinnati, 6-1. Oh, well, that whole Cincinnati secondary was, was, was fire. <laughs> I know. I watched a lot of – It's if, if, uh, if the fans couldn't realize by now, I watched a lot of Cincinnati yeah. because I noticed that throughout the year when I was just kind of peeking in. But another guy had really good underneath ability. He could just kind of like Eddie Jackson did on on uh, some of these highlights I showed you earlier. Good anticipation, great anticipation. For Coming a up. safety, he played not afraid to throw his body very around. Either. Well, though, yeah, like he for a safety that was that was very telling. Throw his body around. Good footwork, read and react guy. The cons for me, I mean, wrapping up was an issue. He was kind of leading with his body a little too much for me. He played high at times. Um, the downfield covered. It was kind of like Eddie Jackson in a way to me, except he threw his body around a little more. That was kind of the same kind of feeling that I got out of him. Um, obviously, I looked up Kirby Joseph because he's an Illinois guy, and you know how mm. I love Illinois. I, 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 I watched. Do. I don't really think he's going to work out for this team. I mean, he's got some great ball hawking skills. He's got a good size frame. He's six six one four five forty. Let me tell you about him. Um, but he's a second like a late second, third round guy, he can blitz off the edge too. But man, he needs a little bit of development time. Let me tell you about Kirby, right? <laughs> Michigan State game again. I mean, yeah. <laughs> One of my Kirby, favorites. Kirby has, Kirby has instincts, but Kirby got lost a lot. He did. That's 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 his issue that's, is that he that, needs coaching. Like he needs some yeah, coaching. He needs to be coached up real. He's not going to be one of those guys that he's going to come in and start right away. You know, and that's kind of why I'm like, eh, I don't think that's a great idea at that spot. I get it, but the guy for me that I'm looking at the most is Jalen freaking. Petrie out of Baylor. He's got a second round grade right now. He's got Six foot four two, four three forty. Yes. They got two top tier DBs. The kid yeah. just—he's a ball hawk. He blitzes well yeah. off the end. He can play all three levels. That's—he's more like Buda Baker to me, honestly. Great, great speed, short passing plays. I mean, good against the run. Instincts, great. Well, you know who their safeties were right. I don't remember the other kid's name. Him and JT Woods. JT, there it is. Thank you. I so, yeah. That one was skipping. I I was trying to remember the other guy. Big Twelve gave Oklahoma some problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gave uh best game was against um Texas when Texas was like ranked twelfth or some something like that. Yeah. JT like they're very fast safeties. Like they're very fast. Like tracks tracks yeah. speed fast. I just wonder about over pursuit and I worry about the deep ball because what I notice is when they come down and then they try to JB, my guy. I, you know, like they turn around. Like, <laughs> you and me. Dude, we're there. We're all, I'm a thousand percent behind you. For me, for him, it was sometimes he was going for the big hit. Instead of wrapping where where he like he needs to pick his spots like a Jalen Britsker can do a little bit more. Um, the other one, the deep ball for me, the deep ball coverage was kind of iffy for me at times, and getting off blocks. Not I'm kind of nitpicking this one, but I noticed sometimes he couldn't get off the blocks very well either. But 
he's a guy that I really like for that strong safety role. He can play down low. He can play downhill. He can play all three positions. You can put yes. this cat at linebacker and he could probably Absolutely. get some shit done. Like that's what I like. He, he reminds me of a Buddha Baker and that's the kind of versatile guy that I want in this defense, a guy that can be all over the field doing stuff, helping out, having good freakish athletic skills, man. He, he was one that I just could not get my eye off of. And that, that is crazy because like, Watching them, and I didn't. I didn't think Baylor. You know, like I said, I I'm a nerd. I don't have really. I didn't really watch a lot of Baylor, but I but, but, but it comes, so about it, this kid, and I'm like, I gotta go. If watch. It's Baylor and TCU, and it's the eleven o'clock game, and I just order some wings and eat it. Like I'm yeah. watching it, you know, yeah, like, whatever. But when you put on the tape, the kid can play football. Yes, that's the only thing that I'm saying. Like we break down these kids. He just kind of looks down. like. He's perfect for Matt Eberflus. Like it's, he fits that free flowing. I feel like that's that, what that hybrid do. Tampa too. Yeah, he does fit it. I do. I'm I mean, just I'm just worried about like you said, like the tackling. That's what I'm worried about. But, but that's where you get Matt Eberflus in here, and I feel like this is a guy that Matt Eberflus is looking at, and, and he's like, oh shit, like I can I can fix that. I can fix that because you know probably, that that's what coaches do, JB. Like all these coaches sit there and go. I can fix that. I can fix Mitch Trubisky's out there right now, and they're having bidding wars over this kid, and he can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. He's and they're out there your, throwing shit for him. Like He's going to your boy Dable in the, in New York. That's that's the most obvious answer to me. It, that one was a no-brainer. As soon as I was like, wherever Dable goes, if it's not Chicago, because I wanted him here. But if it wasn't Chicago, I'm like, he's going to follow Brian Dable anywhere he goes. Cause he was him and Dable were supposedly like this, like he had a man crush on Mitch, but he also knew that he was up for a starting job too. And he, he needs that bridge quarterback and that's all he is. I don't think he's going to ever be that guy. He's going to be a bridge quarterback until they draft a guy. It's going to be Daniel Jones versus Mitch Trubisky. And they're, they're going to fight over that bridge job. <laughs> That's the way I look at it, but we don't need to get into that as much. We won't. But one, one more name before we move on. Well, I've got another safety got name for you too. I, yeah, I have one I have more. Two it's two. Dalton Hill. We can talk about Dalton, Dalton Hill. Hill. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with Dalton Hill. Michigan guy, six foot tall, second round, four three eight forty man. But this kid, he can play either safety spot as well or linebacker. He could definitely fit that. He might have to bulk up a little bit. He might put some weight on, but he could definitely probably pull that off. The things that I noticed the most, I went back and I kind of nerded out on this one. Have you ever heard of the spark rating? From uh, Nike has a spark rating that they put out on all these college kids like every year. And it's basically every single, like almost every single uh, combine uh, drill like they have like all the major ones mm -hmm. that every player does and they add them all up together and then that guy that guy is the shit right <laughs> so this kid was number one on the spark rating and i think it's like 40 time i think it's cone bench vertical i think they might have another one in there i'm not a thousand percent sure but it's it's something i just noticed and i was like okay so out of everybody this kid in 2019 hit that mark, right? Great ball skills. Read and react again, JB. Great mm -hmm. read and react guy. But I think his best play is in zone defense. And I think that would fit well in this system that we have, a zone defense type guy. 
Change of direction is a problem, though. Struggling yep. with speed guys on man-to-man, but hopefully he's not playing a lot of man-to-man. That's why I think he's more of a zone-type safety, and he gambles a lot. <laughs> but I'm it reminds me a lot of Jabril Peppers. That's a good comp. And that's a name we didn't even bring up. Jabril Peppers is a free is going to be a free agent. He's going to be a free, but I don't No? No? Okay. Oh. I, I just don't. <laughs> you just don't he's like him, huh? No, he's always hurt. Like he is. He is. Like he was a guy coming out of college where I I mean everybody wanted him. It was let's keep it real for Jabril. It was one of those things that, where teams that, were tanking for the chat and he just didn't run out. Plays safety, plays corner, nickel yeah, corner, yeah. plays linebacker. Same thing. But the prop so with the thing with Dax, like I said, he's faster. That four that four three eight is very enticing. Yeah. All right. If he's available in the second round, here we go again. That's where he's projected right now. If you, if that 39th pick comes around and he's there, you kind of have to take him, don't you? I, that's, that's what I'm struggling with right because now. Because we're still talking about, like, again, <laughs> now that you have that 48th pick, you have some flexibility. True enough, right? Yeah. But I don't want them to say, I have to get a linebacker. I'm sorry, I have to get a linebacker. I have to get a wide receiver. Like, I don't want them to have to go into that front. Because one thing we know for sure is the Bears' track record when they're forced to take somebody, it's not been that good. Well, I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. <laughs> I had to bring that one out of out, out of resurrection. <laughs> okay. I hear you, man. I hear you. But there's there's a lot of intriguing guys, JB. I think for both of us, me especially, I want both of these drafts. I want corners and I want safeties in this draft because I feel like it's deep enough to where we can get a solid guy in the second and third round, especially now that we've got multiple second round picks. I would take free agency's great and all, but there's just so many holes in this team. And we, we, have to we have 30 some million in cap, but man, you got it. And Ryan Pohl said it best. Ryan Pohl said it better than I could ever say it. That's where he wants to build this team. He wants to build through the draft and he's going to look at second, third tier free agency. I, I keep saying this and I'm going to die in this hill. I might be wrong now that they've got a little more money. They're not going to get any big splash guys. I've heard rumors that they're going to be aggressive on the offensive side of the ball in free agency, but that doesn't necessarily warrant to me that they're going to actually go for one of these top tier free agents. I feel like this is more of a second tier group for now. And then next year we we're playing with over a hundred million dollars. Right. Because that doesn't mean that you have to. So you don't have to break the bank for the sake of getting a name. That's what I'm saying. Like when we talk to some of our other colleagues, like I'm not mad that the Chargers paid $20 million for Mike Williams. No. Like 60 million guaranteed on that, right? Wasn't that? Or no, 40. No, it was three years, 60 million, 40 guaranteed. 40 guaranteed. I'm like, and he's hurt. Right. He's always hurt. And then they went, and then they went and they got a Khalil Mack. And supposedly, there was rumblings before that they were wanting Hicks as well. So they could maybe go after Hicks as well. 
and reunite Mac and Hicks together along with Joey Bosa. That is a front. Hey, I need a first round pick. Good gravy. Well, well, no, he's a free agent now. So you're not getting anything. Oh, you said Hicks. I thought you said Quinn. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. They've got Bosa on the other side of the ball or on on the other side of that front now. They've got Mac and Bosa. They've they go get Hicks too. They've already got some decent guys there. Like Jesus, look out! But that's what they were lacking was in they their were. defense. Their offense is fine. Now well, all they need is for their head coach to know when to go timeout. Fourth down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, dude, like stop going for fourth <laughs> Please, please do. But right, we're not mad at Juju. We're no, not. But we're not. Juju is not a. He's a second tier guy. He's not. So. That's what he's gonna be. I'm gonna touch on this real quick, and we gotta. I know we gotta wrap it up. Yep. I saw a lot of people clamoring for Tyler Lockett. Don't want him. I'm good. I've said that numerous times on the Bears Facebook group. There, there's people in there clamoring for him. There's people clamoring for trading for a DK Metcalf. I don't even want to trade for DK Metcalf. I want to wait till next season. When we've got the money and we have extra draft capital after we have an entire draft class that we don't trade up for and move and trade for other guys that are singular needs when there's multiple problems, guys. Right. So Poles needs to be a little stingy with his draft capital right now. I think he will. I At least for, at least for the next two years. Might be a lot of people saying he might trade back even. I think he's good where he's at right now. I would, I would go ahead now unless, unless with that thirty nine pick, there's guys off the board that you're in love with, and you think that there's enough insurance on the other side with that forty eighth pick to trade back again, to maybe later that round, and then throw up another fourth round pick. Okay. You could maybe talk me into it, but I just think with that, with the seventh pick in the second round, there's still going to be guys that fall yeah, off that well, board, just like Tevin Jenkins did last year. There's going to be things. at least four guys that we know that's going to fall because we know three quarterbacks are going to get taken in the first round that probably shouldn't. We know that. And then we yeah. know that there's always one person that gets drafted as like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, that's how that's how a Jaquan Brisker can fall in your lap. Absolutely. That's what I'm that's what we're hoping, Jay. That if no. <laughs> like wait. <laughs> that's you, what we're saying. You don't have a that's pick in the first round, so unless you unless you unless you doubling those picks to go up and get sauce, no. Yeah. I you've got Stand a couple top back. fifty picks now. Let's Let's go out. Let's make something about it. But we're going to move on now, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear from the John Darren team. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, 
We truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. And that was a quick word from our sponsor, the John Darren team out at Homer Glen. Guys, if you're looking for a house in the Chicagoland area, I know a guy who's pretty good. He knows what he's doing, man. He's a humble guy. He just wants to get you the best deal around. So make sure to go to homesbyjdt.com. And now, got a question for you, JB. This is What Are You Watching? Brought to you by the Chicago Clubhouse and the 1252 Sports Chicago Network. And this is What Are You Watching? Brought to you by the John Darren team. JB, what are you watching? What are you watching? So, of course, you know I watch. <laughs> I, I haven't seen. Just doesn't feel the same without Warwick, you know? Not, and I'm, Warwick's big smiling face whenever we play this, guys, is, is the best. I absolutely love the segment. So, full, full, full transparency, I have not seen Batman. Oh. I need to so bad. I have everyone I'm, and their mother telling me how amazing it is. Like I'm, I'm, I wanted I to go yesterday early, after work, and then I was just like, I'm too damn tired. I don't have anybody to go with. <laughs> I was going by my damn self. <laughs> so was I. My girlfriend's like, I don't really want to go. It, it's, it's not going to be like the Dark Knight. I'm just like, come on, really? It's darker, is what I hear. But That's what I keep hearing anyway. <laughs> so of course I'm watching Bel Air. But I'm watching this show called From. F R O M. It's on Epics. Okay. It is basically the premise is these people from all over the country have came some kind of way in this road or tree or whatever just happens to appear. So basically, they all get into this town where they cannot leave and there's these these ghosts of dead people that turn oh. into monsters and start killing people. Oh, I like that. So, right. So you have to have like this talisman and you know, it it's it's a little quirky but it's I'm watching it like, oh shit. Yeah. I I kind of have one of my second what are you watching is kind of a quirky uh thing. It's um I watched this show the other night. It's called uh what what was it? It was uh um I just forgot the name of it. Uh completely forgot the name of it. I'll get back to it. <laughs> but the other one was um Pieces of Her. It's this show oh. on Netflix that just came out. I can't remember the actress's name either. Really good actress, but it's about this mom and her daughter who's like she's 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 just turning 30 and 
she kind of doesn't know what she's doing with her life. Like she's like a security guard or like she works for a police department, but she's not really a cop. Like she's like the desk girl or mm-hmm. something. And like her, like she lives with her mom and like her spare room or her spare like house that she's got in the back or something. And they're just regular family. She's her. The mom is actually a divorcee. Her husband's like her ex-husband's still kind of around, but then her and her daughter go out on their 30th on her 30th birthday and they go to this diner and eating and it goes insanely crazy like that quick it it, it goes from zero to 100 in the first episode like crazy and then it basically there's like um i don't want to give all everything away but there's no do tell basically (laughs) like this guy in there, he kind of freaks out and he shoots some people and the mom does some stuff and mm-hmm. the daughter kind of hides back. And then the mom's like telling the daughter she needs to leave immediately and move out that night. And like, you just don't understand what's going on. And then they kind of break down the daughter's journey of what's going on. And then you start getting the backstory of the mom and it, it gets kind of crazy that like she finds out that, her dad was this like crazy like like i don't know the right word for it but her family was like this really big political family and this this guy came in and met her mom and he kind of ruined their whole thing and mm-hmm. it's a it's a twist and turn show the other one was uh, uh two second horror stories was that's another one that's it's i believe it's on the cw originally but it's on netflix as well now and it's just like 20 minute stories of like these like crazy twists and turn type horror dark stories they're kind of out there (laughs) they're a little bit out there like the one i watched was these it was these two old ladies that were like going after each like they lived together and they had this giant huge mansion house and it was like a hoarding maze (laughs) and they they started fighting because one of them finds out that the other one's been hiding information about her son calling and all that. And then she does something to her and then she does something back to her and she does something back to her. And there's this crazy twist at the end. It all comes around. It's, it's a little different. It, it, it was out there. I watched a, a couple episodes of that, but that's what I've been watching. And I still have to go watch the new South park, of course, because <laughs> you guys know me. <laughs> so I've been corrected by SB. What's the name of that show again, JB? Because from F R O M, and it's on from Epics. Epics. E T I X. I think I may have slipped and said Epic. It's oh. Epics. Epics. E T I X. No, this is a show. It's a show. Yeah. Yeah, it's a show, bro. Know what yes. show it was, but yeah, this was on Epics. E-P-I-X. I still haven't watched Bel Air either, though. I, like I, I've been scrolling by the Bel Air, and I keep wanting to get in on it, and I just keep scrolling by it again. I'm definitely going to get to that one soon. And Terrence, no, I'm not watching love stories with lavender bubble bass. That's not what I do. <laughs> so because Warwick is not here, we will not talk about the Kenobi trailer. No, I. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh my Lanta. Yes. <laughs> that one holy cow. I'm gonna I'm so excited for oh, it. Oh boy. <laughs> so excited for it. 
just so everyone here that knows, we are super big nerds, even when it comes to football and when it comes to dumb stuff like like comic books shows. And we're all in every day on Marvel. We're all in on DC. We're all in on all that stuff, man. So just just don't forget. And I'm sorry, Dark Spectre, but I don't think Hallmark slaps. I'm not a big Hallmark guy. Sorry. <laughs> just not going to happen. But is that all you're watching, JB? That is all I'm watching right now because, like, I don't know what the Bulls are doing. Ugh. They're I'm... beating bum teams, barely. They're not They're not sharing the basketball. Again, DeMar, when it's coming to playoff time, DeMar's going to turn into this old Kobe Bryant that shoots the ball too much. That's and what who doing. told you the coach was not for this team? Who told you that? Yeah. You and Chris Edgerton told me, too, as well. Chris Edgerton called that one out, too, as well. And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the more that I watch that system with them, man, the more I'm like, these two were spot on with this team, man. But let's wait again. Alex Alex Caruso is back at practice, full contact. Let's see how that goes. Patrick Williams is back at practice for full contact as well. Down the road, Lonzo Ball is going to be here soon. So let's hope by playoff time. We're strengthy enough to get to the second round and lose. Yawn. Because <laughs> that's probably what I think we're going to be. But it is what it is. Yawn. Yeah, it's it's sad. They need to figure out what they're doing with Vooch because Vooch seems like the guy in the system that just doesn't fit. He's the square peg round hole guy, man. Well, I'll say this. Oh, March Madness. Yeah. Not, well, I didn't even think about that. Thank no, you. Bro. No, 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 no. We did. This is conference tourney week. Uh, yeah, yeah, but still, like next Thursday, I consider this still like I like, love conference tourney. I I, I watched it's a little bit of a uh, Syracuse Duke today. It's I, I watched already been some upsets. Of it. Like, yeah, it's already been some upsets. I but, love it. Yeah, love next it. Thursday, and, I turned into Jimmy the Greek. Yep. Get my get my uh, brackets going. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Good luck on that. But I think that's it. JB, yeah. you got any got any closing words? Any any we'll do some shout outs real quick. Well, you know what? Normally we don't do we shout outs. Don't, but, but so so everybody got a few minutes. First of all, the chat. Oh my God. I need like, to get a moderator just so because I'm doing see, all this other stuff. I think I need to get a moderator just to I do see new chat. friends. I see old friends. Love it. I see people that I didn't think were friends. <laughs> like it's a hey, love that. Keep it going. I love the banter. I love the inter the, the inter conversations. <laughs> love it. Let's go. Keep it up, guys. You know, so this is this this is what we're talking about. Like, guys, we don't stress this enough. We're here for you. We love talking bears. But yeah. We're gonna talk bears like we need to talk bears. They're going to talk bears like these high-priced billion-dollar networks are going to talk bears and give you just a tidbit of crumbs of BS that you already may or may not care about. Oh, no. We're going to break it down. Yep, That's first and foremost. Secondly, I see some old family friends in here. My mom's. Hey, it's always good. It brings a tear to my eye. Always good to see people supporting you. We can't do this without you. Where we're going, we're taking everybody. Absolutely. That's why we urge you all, call in, comment. Hell, when we Questions. put the link in, 
put the questions in. Jump on. We'll give you seven, ten, eight minutes, whatever it is. Jump on with us. We love this. We're going to have fan appreciation shows coming this offseason too, guys. If you haven't seen them, you can go back and watch some of our old fan appreciation shows. We don't hold back with them. We let them go. Absolutely. Whatever you got to say, please. And a quick moment of silence, maybe, A.B., if we can get like five seconds. Absolutely. Everybody, please send your prayers and your love to Warwick Holman and his family right now, especially his moms. Uh, he's in a situation right now with her. Um, we're not able to, uh, at liberty to divulge much information, but just know that they need our prayers right now. We miss our brother. He's one of the reasons why we do this and why we're so successful doing this. So just prayers and blessings and, and all the love that you can muster out to that brother and his family. Couldn't have said it much better, JB. Honestly, I could not say it much better. Prayers out throughout with Warwick. We missed you tonight, man. Absolutely love having him with here with us, man. It's it's not the same without him. Me and JB hold it down as much as we can, but we miss our guy, man. And prayers to you, Warwick. We love you. We hope everything's going good. You are in all of our thoughts, 100%, Warwick. And I got to say, I don't think I could even say much better than what you said about the fans tonight, JB. These guys are killing it in here. Dark Spectra's back. Love having you back. Frank the Tank, our buddy, he's in here all the time. We know Frank. My buddy Chris Lands, Terrence even chimed in. We never see Terrence yeah, chimed in. Chimed in. T love Nick. it. T Nick even chimed in on this, man. We love it. Joe Ryan, a buddy of mine, avid, avid Bears fan. He messages me all the time about questions. We have great conversations about it. That guy knows his football. He knows what he's talking about. Moms, we love you as always. You are A1 number one from day one, and you always will be. Man. Did you see what she just said? <laughs> what? Great show tonight, and I'm oh. glad Mac is no. <laughs> She said that a while ago. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just went and found it. Our buddy Devin Thomas came in here tonight. Awesome job with him. Had some great conversation with him. He asked a good question about some of the rookie guy or some of the yes. safeties that were coming up in free agency our buddy tony perkins was in here tonight asking tons of good questions my buddy mike hughes who i messaged to come on the show with us tonight missed out he messaged me i'm not sure what he said yet but he missed out on a good one he could have had a good conversation with us tonight man mo beerman got you in there again man love seeing you in there you better be drinking mo beerman that's all i gotta tell you right oh, now you know he is <laughs> <laughs> oliver chapman my buddy in here, love Oliver, love what he brings. He mentioned on when I made the post about Mac, he's like, you called it, Brand. What's up next? What's the next move that we're making? And, guys, we will keep breaking these moves down for you. We'll make sure that we're going to do this for you the right way and the, the, the only way we know how. But I think the number one fan tonight, and I don't even think it's close, is Brooke Violet. You... <laughs> <laughs> it was the most random thing that popped in. We're glad to have you. Glad that you're a new member of Bears fans with a brain family. Make sure, make sure to jump in our Facebook group. Make sure to jump on Twitter. We're on here now, guys. We have, we're actually starting a face or um a Twitter group. Um, I have 
a couple guys heading that up as well to start getting conversations, possibly maybe even voice conversations that you can do on Twitter where it's it's almost like a show, but you let other fans voice debate with you on there. Oh. That's that's something we can look look into for the future, guys. We're going to break down tape the best we can. Obviously, I don't have all the best tools yet, but we're working on that down the road. And what better guys to do it with than a former Bears player every week that this isn't normal, works normally here with us. We'll have him breaking down film, talking to other Bears guys coming on to break down more film with this man. It's going to be a fun offseason, guys. Please make sure that you check it out, man, because it's what we do. We're the best kept secret around. (laughs) That's what everybody (laughs) tells me, at least. I don't know. But for me, for my buddy JB, and for... All these fans, I just got to keep going down here. Good Lord, they're all over here. We love you. We appreciate you. Make sure that you're going to check out all of our good shows on the Chicago Clubhouse Network, as well as the 1252 Network. We've got great shows on there, guys. Don't miss them out. We have former guests on every, or former players on every Tuesday on the the Chicago Clubhouse Podcast. We've got female-oriented shows with She Said What She Said. They do great jobs over there. CJ Scott Podcast, they do great jobs in there. 1252, we've got Fat Mike. We've got former ESPN, Chicago Fred Huebner. We've got got David Schuster, my buddy Mike Hughes, who was in the chat. Awesome show. We've got Jacob Charnell, my buddy Harry the Greek with bets. It's the place to be now, guys. We're slowly coming, and we can't do it without you. So we love and support you. We want the same back from you. Love and support, man. Respect to all you guys and bear down. Bear down. Later.